previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You are the Slayer. Into each generation, a Slayer is born. Why don't we start with, hi, I'm Buffy. Xander. Redelia. Willow, right? Mr. Giles. Angel. Welcome to Betty Louise Plotnik of East Cupcake, Illinois. Also known as If the Apocalypse Cup... Cup... Cupcake. God damn it. Also known as If the Apocalypse Cups beat me. This is a weekly podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Where we take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is... The 100th episode. The season 5 finale. And some might call it the best episode of the series. Season 5, episode 22. The Gift. We're talking about plot... We talk about characters, and hey, we might talk a little bit about Prophecy Girl, but mostly we'll be talking about plot and characters. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, after it, the comics, and probably other shows and movies. The hardest thing in this world is to podcast. So be brave, podcast. Yeah, what a way to like completely malign a very beautiful point. Like the people's like that's the rallying cry of the whole series. It's just like. Hardest thing in this world is to live in it, and I'm just like, ha for jokes. That, that line's for jokes. Uh, you also couldn't say the name of our podcast and made it a cupcake <laughs> podcast, so the gravity is not here anymore. So I think we can just New let ourselves go. New somber theme song, be damned. It doesn't matter. There's no gravity here. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, uh, welcome back to to this podcast it's not about cupcakes unfortunately my name's kelly and my co-host next to me here number one station's halo hi i just want to state for the record i now want to open a bakery called apocalypse cupcake if the apocalypse comes no if the apocalypse comes cupcake or if the apocalypse cupcakes just apocalypse cupcake oh gotcha gotcha Mm, delicious uh co-host number two daniel say hello here to podcast want to live Uh, we are here to talk about the season finale of season five, episode 22, which is called The Gift. And as I mentioned, the hundredth episode, all these things coinciding at once. What should be the end of the series? What? Maybe not. Uh, 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 and the hundredth episode? Who can say? But it aired, originally aired on May 22nd of the year 2001. And I'm going to get it together. Just you wait. Written and directed by Joss Whedon of Joss Whedon Infamy. Oh, no. Uh, mm. This is the 24th of 27 for him writing and the 20th of 22 directing. Uh, the last for both was The Body and the next will be Once More with Feeling, which is the only one he does all next season. So what happened in this episode? Well, with the exception of inarguably the best previously on possibly in television history, we do a cold open of a rando in a alleyway, harkening back to the good old days of yore when... Buffy would just fight vampires and make jokes, but uh, the stakes have changed. Uh, so she dispatches that vampire quickly after making some quips, goes back inside, and we pick up basically exactly where we left off at the end of Way to the World, which is Giles saying, hey, we got to kill Don, uh, and Buffy not taking it very well. So we hash that out a little bit. Uh, we have a lot of sad times. Everybody gathers weapons. We're gearing up for the final battle for Glory, finally. Uh, Dawn is still with Glory, in case anybody worried that maybe she got away. Don't worry. She didn't. Uh, and... Dawn's got a new fancy dress so she can go up to the tower and get stabbed real good. Dawn's about, she's got on her new stabbing dress. She's going to go up to the top of the tower to wait for Gloria to come and do the stabbing. Uh, but lucky for Dawn, well, maybe not. Lucky for everyone else. Our, our gang comes to stop Glory. Buffy goes immediately for Glory herself. Everybody else kind of spreads out. Well, most importantly, Willow. Starting everything off because she's the big gun, even though she didn't ever want to be a gun. Uh, takes what she's what Glory stole from Tara, gives it back to Tara. 
Yeah, so it's just a lot of fighting. Good, But good fighting, for what it's worth. Sometimes we knock fighting on the show because it's very distracting. But yeah, Glory fights Buffy. Glory almost dies. Buffy almost kills her. She smashes her in the face with a hammer many, many times. Uh, but then Glory turns back into Ben, and Buffy can't do it because Ben's a, an innocent human. But we'll talk about that. Thankfully, Ripper comes to uh, go ahead and squash that little Ben bug and kills him. Awesomely. Uh, Buffy tries to go up to the tower. Oh, yeah, Spike tries to go up to the tower first, but fails. Because, hey, Doc's there. Uh, Glory couldn't make it up to the tower with all the being dead and whatnot. So Doc was like, hey, I appeared out of nowhere. I was able to go up to the tower without anybody noticing. Maybe I've been here the whole time. Who knows? And stabs Don, starting the portal-opening, world-ending ritual that can only be stopped, as we know, when the blood stops flowing. Which means, uh-oh, Don's got to die. But earlier in the episode, Buffy made it pretty clear, if Dawn, if the, the, the ritual starts, everyone dies. So that's not going to look great. Buffy finally makes it up to the tower, sees that Dawn's already started bleeding. And Dawn bravely is like, you know what? I'll jump into the portal. I'll end it. It'll be okay. And then Buffy's like, actually, I'm having a beautiful montage of moments of this season. <laughs> Turns out, I think that maybe I can do this. And Buffy swan dives into the portal uh, and dies. It stops the ritual. It saves the world for one last time. So, hero shit, man. Buffy Ann Summers, she dead. Did first happen in this episode? I don't know. Let's find out. Giles does mention in this episode that there have been six apocalypses. That's about right, actually. He says at least six. And by Buffy standards, we would say that there are six. Do you do you know the six that are the six? Uh, The Master... The Zeppo yep. would Zeppo. be an easy one to forget. I guess Adam. Yeah. Um, so far, so good. Angel. Angel. Yep. Shoot. The the guy, the, the principal, or the mayor. Nice. Oh, yeah. And then another uh, mid-season throw-off one, everyone's favorite episode. The Judge? No, that is that one is not counted. Well, I guess... Okay. Judge would count as... Angel, right? Like they're kind of wrapped up together. Well, that was a Kafla. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The judge. Yeah. Uh, and then, but what is it? I don't doomed. Know. So that trio of demons that were trying to reopen the Hellmouth. I mean, most of the apocalypse center around the Hellmouth, uh, which we, we'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, so I guess six. I feel like you could argue more. Bringing up the judge, that kind of counts because he was trying to rid the earth of humanity, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of apocalyptic. Do you think that that was a real line or do you think that was just a line so that they could say, I don't know, it feels like a hundred, wink, wink, nod, nod, this is our hundredth episode. Oh, ha! I didn't even think about that. Yeah, nice. I mean, that's why when he said the hundred, I was like, oh, no. And even in the first season, didn't we have these like assassin people who were like big time and then we never talk about them again? The right? three? The three, right? Like <laughs> The trio, the triumvirate. Not the, not that the trio, the three. How many different ways can we say three? Right? That's right. That's right. So, I mean, I think you're really, like, cutting some corners here by saying six. I think it's just a joke to get the 100 in. That's my guess. But don't worry. Feels like 100. If somebody on the show says it, the fandom will make it work. And they did. And that's the one. They they, did. Those are the ones they decided were the six that are the Uh six. Of course. Uh, This is the first time that Spike has been back to Buffy's house since Crush. So that's kind of a first. Uh, And the first time we see Willow's telepathy. So that's a legitimate first. So. I were you confused by that scene the very first time you watched it? If you can remember, or even this time, the way that they framed the shot, Spike's head is right next to a weird piece of machinery that could, in theory, be a speaker. So I remember the first time I watched this, I was like, "Is she? Is there like a? 
she talking into a walkie-talkie? No, it was clearly in his head because no one else reacted. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, that was weird, though. And it took me a second to really, like, realize what was going on because it also ended very fast. Like, it just, like, happened really fast, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we don't Strange. ever really go back to it with the exception of bargaining. It's like, oh, yeah, hey, we remember the episode that we we just did, the, the last one. We, we remember that one. And then we completely forget about it. But apparently there's one mm-hmm. episode in season seven where she does it again. And I just... It's at one hand it seems kind of cool, but then also completely useless, right? Like, what? When do you really need it? I don't know. Uh, mini angel update. Wait, you forgot to mention our one second of the episode. I'm sorry. There's a second. The second time that someone has bit the bullet. Oh, <laughs> not a first, but a second. second but a time. second. Buffy uh, died. Did you know, Kelly, that someone died in pro- Buffy died before? Did you know that? Kelly? So Come for on. the for, well, big first, Buffy dies for the very first time. Never has she died before mm-hmm. in the show. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the second time Buffy's died, and we will absolutely talk about Prophecy Girl a little bit later because I think okay, I just wanted to mention it now. I wanted to mention it at the top of the episode. Just bringing it up. Never. Forget. But I like that you try to interrupt me for an angel update because fuck angel, right? I don't care about that. <laughs> it just seemed important. I was waiting for you to be like, okay, now we're done with first. Go, move oh, on. no, I got more bullshit. This whole page, <laughs> garbage. That doesn't matter. So don't you worry. Just strap in. Uh, mini angel update. It's time for an angel update. Perfect. Now we don't have to make any other music. At the very end of Angel's season two finale, uh, no yes. place like per- Plurt's Glurb. Excellent. Angel episode. and crew come back from an altar to dimension where all kinds of shenanigans happen. We pick up a couple new uh, Fred. friends. We pick up Fred. Also, the Grusalug ends up getting there, but maybe not there because he wasn't in the car when they went back to L.A., so I think that he must show up later. Um, but when we do return to L.A., Angel happily bursts through the doors of Angel Investigations. Everybody's happy because they're all heroes back from their portal time and to find a very distraught willow sitting on the couch uh she says nothing cordelia looks at her and just says and angel says willow and then he says it's buffy so she says nothing but allison hannigan gets a guest star credit for being in the episode for one and a half seconds saying nothing so angel doesn't take it well you find out in the next season he goes on like a four-month bender of badness and kind of quits the game for a while but uh that's not this show so we don't care <laughs> James Marsters is the only person to appear in the 100th episode of Buffy and the 100th episode of Angel. Mm, cool. Isn't that neat? Uh, last time we saw Giles, well, nope, not last time we saw Giles, we just saw Giles. This is the last time Giles is in the credits, <laughs> also known as Anthony oh, really? Stewart. Yeah, so he will only be mm. a special guest star going forward because he's only in a handful of episodes next season and even fewer in season wow. seven, I believe. So there's a lot of gossip around this episode um all the fans were very certain that there was going to be a big thing happening in this episode uh buffy's death being one of the things that everybody kind of was like oh yeah she's definitely gonna die uh but also everyone who wasn't me because i didn't really troll the boards very much back then or ever i guess um they knew that she sarah michelle geller had a seven-year contract so nobody nobody who was in the know thought she was dead and gone for good uh i was trying to think earlier if i knew that she was going to come back or not I, I don't think i did but i will say the upn which i watched anyway like i watched moesha and i think i watched sister sister and stuff on upn so i, I was saw the promos pretty early in the summer they started airing upn commercials that said buffy lives so i was like oh okay so if even if i was like oh god buffy's dead the show's over i would have kind of quickly hmm. known that it wasn't um but obviously you guys having not watched it live you don't 
there wasn't a moment where you were like, oh, yeah, she's not <laughs> she's not going to come back. Well, we know there's two more seasons <laughs> yeah, exactly. left. So mm-hmm. no. uh, but, I mean, I, I remember at the time when we watched this the first time, I remember we looked it up. Because we were – I mean, you were curious then. And, I, I mean, I, this is just from the top of my head. I don't remember. But I remember that they billed it as something like the WB finale of this. Yeah. So th- like, so they, they already knew – that it was moving on. So like they kind of build it that way. Like it's the finale, but not really the series. Maybe Joss thought it was. I mean, there's a lot of series finale type of marks in here, but clearly they kind of, they knew that they were not finaled forever. Well, the WB did build this as the series finale because technically it was for the network, like you just said, but very confusing to call it that because that implies that it's over forever. Uh, right. Joss, I always thought that he he assumed that the show was getting canceled or it was going to end it. But no, I mean, I, I watched an interview with him earlier today. He even said, he was talking about it in reference to Sarah Michelle Gellar. Like, she knew she was fine. She knew it was going to kill her, but she was going to come back because she had a seven-year contract. And he had envisioned this as the end initially, but, but he knew well in advance that he was going to have two more years. So I think that he wanted always wanted to kill Buffy in the end but then ended up kind of splitting his ideas between this and Chosen. Uh, because a lot of the things that were rumored to happen in this episode ended up happening in other seasons. So uh, it was rumored that in this episode, the entire town of Sunnydale was going to be sucked into the Hellmouth, which obviously happens at the end of Chosen. Um, Anya was supposed to actually die. Uh, or, or was an idea that he was gonna actually, like she was going to actually die in this episode. He made a joke at a... Jocelyn made a joke at a convention saying, like, well, the only reason I didn't actually kill her is because Emma Caulfield wouldn't stay still in Xander's arms, so uh, 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 she was too alive to pretend she was dead. I was like, that's a silly bad joke. Um, okay. One was to have Xander be Glory's other half instead of Ben, which... Mm. That's cool. Interesting. Didn't happen. Mm. Uh, that they were going to have Willow go evil this season, that Glory would have actually killed yeah. Tara. Um, and then, weirdly, that that would cause Willow to join forces with Glory and then Willow would attack Dawn. So... What show is this? Uh, yeah. I mean, this is like <laughs> a Netflix show. This <laughs> is a different know. show. <laughs> but some of them are, yeah, really whacked out and obviously they do some of them later but I was just like, what a different time. What a different time. What a different time. I don't... Uh, Lovely. People just Lovely time. making leaps. Uh, one of the <laughs> biggest ones that was on the uh, Wikipedia page or a message, an old message board I was digging through was implying that the original script for this episode had Dawn killing herself uh, to, instead, like her jumping into the portal. And I was like, I don't think that would that would ever have been an idea. I, I don't know why somebody would imply that that was actually in the script because I don't, I don't really think it was. I There's a site that I go to that has pretty early versions of the script that that's like not in there at all. Like there's a lot of different changes that I've noticed in other episodes, but that is definitely not one of them. Uh, so also supposedly this was going to be a two hour episode, which I think could have benefited from being longer personally. Um, it's interesting. We've, we've kind of stalled a lot through this season and then this one felt really rushed. Um, it still com- came out great, but I would have, would have enjoyed that. It was going to be called cent- centenary, I guess some amalgamation of the word century for a hundred. Right. Um, but obviously that mm-hmm. did not happen. But the idea was to have all of the previous cast members come back, including all current members of Angel, which I'm like. That would be weird. I don't Damn. know about that. That seems Damn. real unnecessary. I mean, cool. I mean, it sounds cool, but I mean, it probably was never going to happen. It, these feel like a wish list type of thing to me. I mean, how real was any of this? We'll never yeah. really know. Yeah, I know. It's it's hard to say. I could see them wanting to pull that off, though. Like a, a two-hour episode, that would be very totally. cool. I think that, that would have yeah. we would have gotten some different uh, episodes preceding this if they had done that. 
this is obviously the last episode on the WB, uh, and it got this episode got criticized by the Parents TV Council, which I did not look up. Sounds like fake. That's a, that's something that somebody would make up in a TV show, even be like, "This is the Parents TV Council." Uh, they got in trouble for showing a suicide because they completely ignored all the context of the act itself. They just, you can't. The, no, she killed herself. It's bad. I am curious if either of you noticed a very big difference in this episode from all the rest of season five. The music was dramatically, in my opinion, better than any other episode in this season. And do you know why? Gustavi Beck's back. Your favorite composer back? That's fucking right. He's back. (laughs) Did an excellent job. I, I like I can't overstate how crucial the music is in this episode. He does another like it's very super subtle just for a second when Buffy's talking about Angel reprise of of the the theme just for a second he does it with willow and tara's little song too uh and then the the big song of like the theme that's through the 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 movement through the whole episode that's kind of altered in pieces is called sacrifice so that's the 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 big whole piece of it is played at the end when buffy does kill herself but um amazing yeah, I mean, it's called sacrifice. Sacrifice yourself. But yeah, the way that he weaves that in and, and just stretches that out and manipulates that one movement so effectively throughout the whole episode is just amazing. And I'm really glad that they got him back to do that because I just... Sorry, Thomas Wanker. You just are not not up to scratch, man. Like, he... Thanks, Christophe. That's all I have to say about that. The, um, the tower, the crazy people tower, was actually an old oil derrick that was outside of a construction company that somebody on the... The what are they, whatever they're called location crew happened to find, and then they just stuck a bunch of random shit on top of it uh, to make it look you know messed up and like crazy people made it. Apparently, they took the dummy that would be Dawn at the top of the tower. Michelle Trachtenberg, Sarah Michelle Geller, Doc, they're not actually up on a tower. Oh wow, guys. really? They're on a on a sound stage somewhere. Oh my god, protected Can't it. on a set. Yeah, but they did put a dummy up at the top of that old de- oil derelict. Apparently days before shooting, and they had to call the sheriff's department and be like, "There, okay, look, there's, it's not a woman that's trapped up there because it looked real. She had a dress on, the wind it looked like somebody was stuck up on the top of this world there, like Derek. So they were really concerned that people were gonna like get a car accidents or something, or freak out or call. Apparently nobody gave a shit, so Good. they were all worried for nothing. <laughs> but I just think it's funny that they did that so far in advance, anyway. Uh, and something I'm gonna bring up again at the end of season six, so don't worry. The dragon, the motherfucking dragon that comes out of the portal is awesome, and I wish it could stick around, but we never see it again, except when this happened in this episode, I was like, oh, it's the dragon, he's going to L.A., and I was like, why do I think he's going to L.A.? Because there's a dragon at the very last episode of, of Angel yeah. in the last scene, uh, not fade away. They're, they're, you know, every like guns dying, basically. Wesley's already died. They're all ready to fight the giant, the horde of thousands of zombies that are happening. And a dragon flies overhead. And Gun's like, what's the plan, Angel? And Angel's like, I think we fight. He's like, anything more specific? He's like, personally, I kind of want to slay the dragon. Mm-hmm. And then he says, let's go to work. And that's the end. And while it may not be the same dragon, and it wouldn't make any sense it for it to not. be the same dragon, I firmly believe it's the same dragon. <laughs> and I will bring this up again in Grave because David Fury... Well who I think directed Grave, or wrote Grave, was like, I don't know if you remember much about the season six finale, but Buffy and Dawn are trapped in this underground crypt. I don't remember how they get there. And just, like, generic zombies come out and try to attack them. And David Fury's like, God, I wish we could have got the dragon back. This doesn't look great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Awesome. Anyway, wasn't that fun? Weren't there so so many fun facts? (laughs) Too too many facts. 
<laughs> it was way too many facts. Uh, when you say you love us all... Shut up. Let's talk about this episode and not all the things surrounding it. Stacia, how did you feel about this episode? <laughs> I like this episode. Hmm. Any specific reason why? No. Nothing great. much happens. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> yeah. You've already been here and done that because Buffy already died? Yeah. Yeah, nothing new happens. This is the culmination <laughs> for you of, of four years. Four years of waiting for her to die. And it finally happened. You have nothing to say about it. Okay, I mean, I don't know. I do love the early seasons. And I find Buffy saying, I don't want to die, Giles. Like, way more like heart-wrenching and emotionally resonant than her saying, tell me to kill my sister again. Like, that kind of thing or her saying like tell Giles I'm at peace like I know what my job is and I'm at peace now or whatever it is she says like that's just not satisfying because partially I don't believe it it's sad in the sixth season when she's like I was in heaven and I was happy and it's like really fucking hard to be back here and have to deal with this when I was out of it like I get I totally get that but in Buffy's moment it feels like an easy cop out she took the easy route which was to be done with slaying. She didn't want to do it anymore. She said as much earlier. So the death, nah, I mean, yeah, okay. I, she comes back anyways, whatever. Um, but it is, I do like the scenes with Glory and Dawn again. And I like that Willow gets to save Tara. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't beat. She's with me. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Although, at the exact time that happened, I also thought, how convenient that they were just standing right next to each other immediately. Like, Tara just wanders into this parking lot, and Gloria's like, hey, let me put myself right in the danger zone. <laughs> Not notice anyone else. <laughs> Doesn't take away from the awesomeness. And I feel the same way. So that opening sequence, the previously on, amazing. I don't think I've seen a more effective one. In any TV show, it was incredible, and it really set the tone for, like, here we are at the end of something. And I got to give props to season five. uh, Well, shorts season five, a little bit of season four as well. They did a great job in total of bringing it all together, (laughs) something Buffy the Vampire Slayer does not do, which is actually use things to bring it all together. Jane Espenson has rubbed off on the entire show because we have the Dagon Sphere, we have Olaf's Hammer, like, all these things that previous Buffy would never ever ever go to it was it was really refreshing because it really fulfilled the promise of real me it fulfilled everything every single question we had I felt got answered it was cathartic in that I really like this episode because it was cathartic but I gotta say it is hokey as hell at parts it feels like a really (laughs) bad episode of Buffy it lucks out because mm. it's the finale and it and Buffy dies in it and it's mm. incredibly important. And because they semi stick the landing with what they've been talking about thematically all year, it gets an enormous pass. Mm-hmm. But is it that good? I mean, that's a good point. I don't know. I have kind of wondered, like, if Buffy didn't die, if she just beats Glory and that's the end, uh, is this a good episode? Mm-hmm. If she gets to Dawn just one minute sooner and Dawn doesn't start bleeding and that's the end of it. No. I mean, a lot of it hinges on Buffy doing that. We go to, like, forever and stuff like that. I mean, where, you know, I was expecting this and it didn't turn out well, but you have this incredible end. And and the ending was great. It was, it was resonant. It was beautiful. And I'm with you. It's not as good as Prophecy Girl. I watched Prophecy Girl. 
in the lead up to this episode, Kelly, because you were like, hey, we might talk about it. And just that scene alone, I was choking up without even fucking, I haven't even watched the episode. I haven't looked at this thing in five years. Mm-hmm. And I will say watching this, I mean, it's not that I didn't feel something at the end, but I didn't feel that. Yeah. I definitely did not feel that. And and I kind of like that because Buffy is, in my eyes, more at peace with things. There, she is 16. She doesn't want to die. Here, she's 21 or whatever, and she's fine with dying. Mm-hmm. At this point, she's gone through a fucking lot. And we've seen her go through a lot. So we respect that decision. And I think it works out really well because of bargaining. And we get to see. They, they get to have this episode become better over time because we get to see how Buffy reacts to her dying. And this moment becomes more heightened for the next year, at least, with her coming back to life. And if the series ended, I mean, I think it's still a pretty, pretty balling ending. But, you know, it's like they kind of knew that there were other seasons. You can tell because Buffy's dead. Dawn is now real. Xander and Anya are getting engaged. Spike and Buffy are obviously having our little thing. Giles is on the out. Willow is powerful as hell. Like they've really set up for another season. And you can kind of tell like he kind of knew what was going on. And I think that also makes this really good because it feels like we're moving somewhere. And when you were bringing up the WB stuff, it's funny because I think 20 years later, which is the whole premise of our show, who nobody even thinks about that anymore, right? If anybody's watching this now, they have no idea what the WB is. Mm-hmm. They don't know what UPN yeah. is. They're yeah. gone. They're so gone that it doesn't even matter. And most people are binging this. And that's what we did. And watching this one episode at a time is really fun. But it also, God, it kills some of this momentum mm-hmm. that we build. But yeah. man, this one benefited from being watched as one big, big, big piece. Watch this over a long weekend or something. Fuck yeah. Great season. Watch it like we did. Ugh. Is it that good of a season, <laughs> right? Like a and that's how I feel at the end of it. Is it that good? I don't know. The end scene is great, but is that enough to save it? We'll see, Kelly. I don't know. Yeah. Well. What do you think about this episode? Oh, I love it. Yeah, no, it's... It's, it's number one. You guys can go ahead and turn off the podcast now. Okay, it's, 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 okay it's, good. It's, All right, so we're done. See you later, Kelly. Bye. <laughs> See you next year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I I think a lot of it, so much of this, I'm shocked and, and maybe like this is a terrible take, but I so much of it to do with, it, it, for me is the score. This, this episode really feels more cinematic than probably anyone uh, preceding it, at least in, in recent memory. And going back and watching Prophecy Girl really made that stand out to me because sure it, it is older i mean it does feel 90s even with the hd quality which gosh makes it it feel way more fresh and and way newer uh the music lets it down the the music really takes it from hugely impactful and dramatic uh maybe even when it isn't earned i mean joss Whedon made that point during the body where he's like music changes your feelings music's comfort music mm. does something to you that's why i chose to not have it in the body i Watching Prophecy Girl and them struggling with the music cues and making moments that could be really dramatic or even funnier uh, kind of land a little flat because the music's not there to, to bolster it up. They use the theme song in Prophecy Girl twice, uh, which I completely mm. forgot. Not only do they mm. use it for their like badass motherfucker strut moment when uh, Buffy you know com- comes back to life and, and Xander and, and Angel are going back to the school, they, they also use a piano version of it at the end when everybody's like, yeah, we, we won. Let's, let's yeah. party. I remember you were really mad about that. Because it's cheesy as shit. The piano it's version I don't mind shit, because it's like an interpretation of it. And it's nice. It's like if you weren't really paying attention, you might not realize that's the theme song. And I'll, I'll always give that a pass. I like an interpretation of it. And that's why I love Christophe yeah. Beck's um, work so much because it just like he really understands music. He's a great composer and really understands uh, emotions that 
that are supposed to be happening. I would probably forgive it in Prophecy Girl only because in some other world, this is a canceled show. And at the end, Mm. you always want to have that score. I think of Breaking Bad all the time where they play that theme song for the first time in the entire show in the second to last episode. And it's fire. It's like you are pumped out of your out of belief and it's it's an amazing tactic and obviously on a season where they think oh we're just a fun vampire show we're gonna get canceled fuck yeah play that theme twice let's go we paid for this <laughs> we paid for this we sure did <laughs> now, i think this i'm maybe just because i have the hindsight of joss whedon goes on to write the avengers and this being like this is a superhero show it really feels like this could be a movie and i tried it feels very standalone prophecy girl also feels very standalone mm-hmm. if you never watched the show you could watch prophecy girl and understand it start to finish i don't know that you 100 percent could do that with the gift but probably i'd be mm-hmm. kind of we start by recapping all the the points I don't know. I don't think that you would get it. Either way, it still feels very cinematic and action movie, for better or worse sometimes. I'll definitely give it to you that there's some very cheesy over-the-top moments. Um, But I totally give that a pass because I think that that's an achievement in and of itself to be able to make a bad-ish action movie on TV, you know, with a smaller budget and, and just... It fits so nicely into our story yeah. that I, th- I think it's just a, I think it's a real successful I, episode. I think you're right about the cinematic feel and Joss Whedon writing this like a movie. I disagree that anybody could watch this and feel like, oh, I totally get it. But that scene at the beginning, you know, that that harkens back to some other different world. I think Joss put that there specifically for an idea of this is a series finale. A lot of people, a lot of eyes are going to be watching this. I know we've got to deliver on a lot of stuff we've set up, but I do want to try to make it inclusive so anybody can sit down, you know, because I'm sure there's tons of people that are just like, oh, finale, you know, and they pop in and they watch it or something. Because that first scene, I mean, I was cringing out of my chair, but it was like, you know, it is that is an encapsulation of what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is. Right. That's like you're, you're sort of telling what's happened over the first like two seasons. Like, oh, I'm just this is my job. You know, oh, how do I do it? Oh, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like. Come on, man. We we didn't. You don't need that. I loved that scene. I thought Did that you? was great. I was really glad they started with that because I feel like it's very much like a how, look how far we've come. Mm-hmm. This is what like if this was Buffy season one, this would have been a big deal for her to fight this vampire. Yeah. And now it's an off and, oh, and yeah. well, and now you get like you still get the same like witty repartee or whatever that you expect of classic Buffy. Like she still has that in her, but her being like. It's been a long time since I've met one that hasn't known who I am. I know. That is good. She's, like, jaded and just over it, and you really get that sense of, like, this is so rope for her. Like, she literally just, like, steps out, kills a vampire, comes back in, no big deal. And then you get to that point, you know, where she's with Giles, where she's like, you know, if Dawn dies, like, I'm done. I'm walking away from this. I'm not doing this anymore. Like, there's nothing left for me. So I think like setting it up like that to say like look how far Buffy's come like she is a vampire slayer but like she's mastered that she's done she doesn't need to do anymore she's proven herself she's saved the world six times like it's okay for her to be done now and she's kind of voicing the same thing so I've always really liked that scene also I just like the early episodes and I like that it's like a callback to that but (laughs) I think it's nice because you do get a sense of like wow Buffy is really a different person than she was season one especially combined with that like previously on where you see her as like baby Buffy and you're like she's so little Giles is so young they're all so little <laughs> I know 
But even the quitting, the quitting, that was a great element too. Like rewatching Prophecy Girl, you know, she yeah. makes a big to do about quitting. And I love dunking on uh, Angel when he's like, but you can't. He's like, I quit, Angel. Pay attention. <laughs> Keep up, Angel. Um, it was, uh, that was great. And then her saying, I- I'm going to quit again, but only if Dawn yeah. goes. I mean, that just shows that growth, you know. It's not really about her anymore. It's about yeah. Dawn. Um, and I think G- Giles, who was there for the first time, he was the only one who was there for Prophecy Girl for that scene. Um, I think he would have gotten those echoes immediately when she's she's not, obviously not fucking yeah. fucking around when she means I'm going to quit if anybody ever touches Don. You know what that means. It's such a, a, a huge change. And I think you're totally right. I think that's what that scene was for, uh, to just remind us where we came from, how mm-hmm. far apart we really, really are. Not only in the, the previously on, but in the scene itself for killing the vampire being not a big deal. Just mm-hmm. a one sentence. Oh, it was a vampire. And, and, and to go back to Prophecy Girl and the bad guy was just a vampire, right? Like a strong one, a special one, but still just a vampire, right? And it's just like that dichotomy right there mm-hmm. is very cool. Um, Joss Whedon has kind of like a rambly kind of point about this episode. He didn't do the commentary, which was I was disappointed and kind of surprised that he didn't do it for this one. But whatever. Um where he was saying that the, this was supposed to be, that scene was supposed to be like the mission statement show. Like, remember the show was about a girl mm. who fought vampires and now we're like here, right? We're fighting gods. There's a key. There's all this stuff. Um, he tr- he said something that was like, we asked when we start this season, what is a Slayer? Is mm. Slayer just a killer? And he says, well, no, it's, it's living in a world where life and death are like not like these things that just exist as opposed to like that's the highest and lowest it's something that you deal with every day you make it with your hands you know like that mm-hmm. that thing uh and this was just kind of the it all lined up perfectly that he got to do the big cinematic thing because it was the 100th episode just happened to be there and it thought that this was the time to kill her like you knew we always wanted to kill her so it's like we start with questioning what the slayer is going back to day one the whole crux of the idea of the show and then ending with Buffy dying in the end, giving the ultimate sacrifice. Like, obviously, that's not uh, an original thought, the idea of the ultimate sacrifices in many theologies, mm-hmm. many, many stories. But uh, it's a nice little little end. But Prophecy Girl, Stacia's favorite thing to talk about. You're probably number one for the series, maybe? Right? I, think, I think it is, yeah. I Watching it again today, uh, I, I might... I, I get it. No, well, I just mostly wanted to point out kind of the, the similarities, because I do think these are kind of an alpha and omega beginning and end mm. kind of story in, in a way, because I don't think the mission statement of Chosen is the same as the gift, is the same as Prophecy Girl, because I think Prophecy Girl is way more of a one-to-one than Chosen, because Chosen ends up where it's like we're all slayers. Okay. I don't love that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't love that as a message, and I don't necessarily love that as chosen. the end of the show. Yeah. It's not great. Uh, but this is like, it's sacrifice. Buffy at 16 said, I'm going to go fight the master, and I'm going to die. Giles says, you're mm. going to go there, and you're going to die, so I'm not going to let you. So she knocks Giles out, so mm-hmm. he can't stop her, and then goes and fights the master, and she does die. Same exact yeah. thing here, right? You'll fail. You'll die. We all will. Like, that's intense. We're all doomed, yeah. But, totally. like, very similar, right? There's also even a little joke uh, in Prophecy Girl. Willow's not looking to date you, Xander says to Willow, because he's sad because Buffy rejected him. And this, Buffy doesn't want to have sex with the Buffy. Or, so Willow doesn't want to have sex with the Buffy bot. I was like, what? Anyway, there's, like, a little list of stuff that's mm-hmm. pretty. Glory, glory. The master says, glory, glory. My time is at hand. Because <laughs> glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
But even the whole like Xander Willow thing felt random. And then rewatching those scenes, it was like, oh yeah, listening to country music, yep. the music of pain, like he's he's there and he's not talking to Willow, and Willow's wanting to connect with Xander. And obviously they have their own little you know romance back then, back in the day or yep. whatever that was. You know, even the idea of the master as the bad guy, their their goals are a little bit the same. I kind of forgot that his whole thing was to also open the Hellmouth, mm-hmm. like part of his thing mm-hmm. to ascend to become like. I get to be above ground was opening the helm out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh yeah, glory. In order for her to descend, she has to open this portal to the whole world. I was like, mm, I see you. I see you similar ideas. But <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple that I kind of want to talk about in depth. Um, you brought it up a little bit earlier, but let's just kind of go a little bit in order of the episode. I don't want to go like scene by scene, but uh, so we open on, you know, explaining Giles, explaining the whole crux of the thing again. How do you feel again about re- doubling down on the monk's, didn't know they were going to make it human, but the blood is the blood. Like, we've really just, now that's the answer. You know what I mean? Like, if it were never human, there would be no blood, but that's the text. Blood is life-like brain. Why do you think we eat it? So it keeps you going. Makes you warm. Makes you hard. Makes you other than dead. I mean, the only thing, the only thing you could really do with this, aside from pretending it didn't happen, is to say... They mean blood in the sense of energy. Like, you have yeah. Spike say, blood is life. Like So they're, like, talking metaphorically. The the blood of the key is the energy of the key because the key is energy, and when the energy flows, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. the only way you could... To make it make sense when it, if it yeah. weren't a person. Make yeah. it make sense. Blood flows, the gates will open, the gates will close when it flows no more. When dawn is dead. I like Spike's uh, Spike yeah. in this episode was great. He always had all of his lines really like added up to a lot and they all are incredibly yeah. meaningful. I mean, I like that. It keeps you warm, hard, opposite of dead. I mean, mm-hmm. that's good stuff. Really good stuff. And and yeah, it makes it simple. Like blood, is, it's just a simple thing for us as a human to understand this is the thing that needs to happen. It's the most important thing for us. So it would be in a vessel as well. Like this is what Because Xander offers a lymph ritual and I'm like, I think you might need your lymph nodes too. I mean, maybe not all of them, but come on, man. No, definitely. I mean, it would be easier if it was that, for sure. But I mean, yeah. still, why does your mind go to a lymph? Why? For, why is, what the hell? Who's that shit? We get cool Giles yelling, yes, we bloody well are, talking about it. Which, do you remember a time where he's ever yelled, like, barked at oh, like that? I'm no. trying to think. Last time he yelled, I can't remember. The only time I ever remember him really yelling at anybody was at, at Willow, later. Mm-hmm. You rank, mm-hmm. arrogant amateur. <laughs> Just like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Awesome. I think he might have yelled at Xander once or twice. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. When you woke up, when he yeah. lets Oz out of the cage by accident. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely had some snapbacks of like, Willow, will you just shut up? You know, yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. Mm-hmm. But never, uh, yeah. never, never like this. Yeah. Never like this. I mean, obviously. So do you think it's super out of character? Like, not only the yelling, but then when, you know, to kind of coax Buffy over the edge, he says, she's not your sister, which is like, mm. oof, that was really, really <sighs> gutting too. Tell me to kill my sister. She's not your sister. God, it's Do you think that's something that Giles would say? I mean, I I guess he does put it in context a little bit later of like, look, man, I have to protect the world. Mm. That's my job. Mm -hmm. Like, I love you. I love Don. But this is my job. Um, Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting, you know, comparing Prophecy Girl with The Gift that in Prophecy Girl, Buffy is sacrificing herself to save the world. 
but in the gift, she's sacrificing herself to save Dawn. She doesn't have to die. That's the choice no. that Buffy makes. But in Prophecy Girl, she had to die. Like, that was the only option. She didn't choose to. It happened to her. Um, but Giles is not there with her, right? He's like, we got to save the world. And the way to save the world is to kill Dawn. And she's not going to let that happen. But, like, it feels like he's really being the pragmatist of the two of them. Like, okay, I understand that, like, I can only push you so far with this Buffy, but, like, I'm going to be in the background making sure what happened, what needs to happen happens this time. Gonna be the little shadow hands. <laughs> yeah, I wrote pragmatic or cruel, but I think yeah. kind of both. By nature, it has to be right. Like he, it is the right thing to do, but it sounds not so great when you yell it. I mean, it doesn't sound great, but it's the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. What do you do if yeah. if it's between Dawn and everyone? Then it's Dawn. <laughs> How yeah. do you do that math? <laughs> yeah. I think it's like the lies that they tell themselves, too. I mean, if we, we think about how tired they all are, I mean, if Giles, mm-hmm. character-wise, leaves because of all of this, I mean, I think he's mm-hmm. also burned out as well. And if Buffy is willing to sacrifice herself, she's over it, too. And I think having to have those types of conversations must be hard to do, right? Because you're, like, saying, she's not your sister. You need to kill her. And, like, that's, like, true. Those things are true. But, man, it must be gutting to, like, talk like that all the time, you know? And you just kind of pass it off as like, ah, oh, it's part of the game. It's all good, Giles. You don't have to worry about it. I'm cool. I know you You have to say it. I know you have to say it. And I have to fight against it. But I'm sure that gets tire- tiring to do that over and over. So I'm sure on some level, maybe again, talking about that relief, right, about dying, right? So it's not the relief of Dawn dying and she gets to feel relief. It's like Dawn lives. I get the relief of, of saving the world, you know? And yeah. Giles gets to leave too. And I'm sure uh, maybe deep down she thinks about that as well. Like if I'm gone, then... Giles is gone. And that's part of Prophecy Girl, too. Will you train the next one? Mm-hmm. What will you do when I'm gone? Right. And I think she knows now that that's not how it works. And that mm-hmm. if she is gone, then Giles can go, too. And and yeah. we can start all over again. And that's a little bit of peace for everybody. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting with Giles at the um, end when he kills Ben and he says, She could have killed me. No, she Sooner or later, Gloria will reemerge and make Buffy pay for that mercy and the world with her. Buffy even knows that, and still she couldn't take human life. She's a hero, you see. She's not like us. Us. Like, he's, he's got this, like, interesting distinction. And I don't know what the right word is because he's right. She is a hero. But, like, and what he's doing isn't necessarily heroic, but it's also necessary. Like, I don't – and he's willing to accept that function. Like, even if it makes him a bad guy, like, he's willing to take that on. He will kill a human if it's required. And, like, Buffy doesn't have that, you know, ignoring all the Knights of Byzantium or whatever. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. going to say, what what do we think about Xander then? Earlier in this episode being like, hey, we should fucking kill Ben. And everybody being like, mm. what? And he's like, <laughs> ugh. Ooh. Well, and then Giles Tough in room. his head was like, that's already been my plan. That's right. <laughs> so, I For mean, once. why why are we dunking on Xander? Xander is right. I mean, yeah. I know it sucks to say it out loud, but, like, yeah. that is what fucking happens. Yeah. Crazy. I do think it's really interesting that you have, you know, Buffy kind of, like, coming to terms with, like, 
what does a slayer mean? Do I have to accept what I'm told it means? You know, which I think is kind of what you get in Prophecy Girl. She's told she has to die. And, like, she kind of recognizes at that point, like, this is who I am. And now she's saying this is who I am, but I can make my own destiny out of it. And Giles is, like, also on his own little path of, like, I'm kind of over this. Like, (laughs) I've had to, you know, create the space for Buffy to be the hero. And I have to do all the, like, the dirty work almost. (laughs) Right. I don't know. Yeah, it's that's... I'm I wish we'd gotten some sort of TV show about him as a person outside of being the watcher because I think it'd be really interesting. But yeah, him saying she's not like you and me to Ben is just like so chilling that he like recognizes. Oh, the like, line. I mean, the the whole like not like us, and then you yeah. see the like. What does he mean by us? Wait a yeah. second. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, but like like I will cross that line. Buffy won't because she's a hero, and that's like her role. But. I don't have to be a hero. Totally. <laughs> I just have to I'm get shit done. I'm the fucking ripper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of the hero's awesome. burden too, right? Well, like, I know, but I'm saying like, what is that? When it's like, that's the choice that you have to make, but it's not heroic. It's sort of like this dirty, no. messy, like scrambling in the mud, like in the gutter sort of thing that Giles is like, I'm not going to ask Buffy to take this on. I will do this. She doesn't need to be tarnished yeah. by that. She's the hero. <laughs> Which I think when, when you like, Look at season one, Giles. It's he doesn't seem like the person capable of that, mm-hmm. or the role that right. he will fulfill is that. Yeah, love the guy, the the dirty work guy. Yeah, what what the was it called? Wet work. Giles, the the council's wet work team. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, mm-hmm. whatever. But he doesn't advocate it either. I mean, that's mm-hmm. an important too. Like he would have he would have definitely like, you know, definitely agreed with what Xander said in that room. But he is not supposed to say that sounds great because what yeah. he's saying is we need to kill Dawn. We all know that Dawn is not technically real right what he's saying gets out of on all technicalities like she is not actually real guys let's own up to that because that will make everything easier if we just do that Mm -hmm. ah damn it Buffy you actually have connection to her like we're not going to be able to do that but then he is going to do this by himself even though we're going to scoff at Xander but he knew he was going to do that Mm -hmm. if he ever got the chance which is pretty cool I do wonder if we're supposed to just not think about the Knights of Byzantium or if we're (laughs) supposed to think that they were somehow other than human I think probably the former, but it's yeah. it's unfortunate that they, they really hammered that point home of, like, she would never kill an innocent, she would never hurt a human being. We're going to just kill a bunch of them. Cause it's... But, I mean, is a human being innocent? Like, I mean, again, I think that gets down to, like, those people are, like, attacking her. Like, she's well, I mean, Xander even that's, that's... made that point too, right? He mm-hmm. He's an innocent, but not, like, Dawn innocent, right? Mm-hmm. So right, it's like, right. Clearly, there's well, a gray and that's... area. Well, that's what I I question when you bring this up is that I genu- I believe that people out there in the Buffy world or whatever probably cling on to this idea that they don't kill humans or whatever. But I mean, dude, if you're getting attacked like the fucking Knights of Byzantium, like I don't I don't I don't know why she would care. I don't know why she would have distinction and be like, show me your card that you're a human being. Then I can't touch you like she would fucking kill him. Well, why why she? does she care about Ben? Well, but I think when she cares, it's like it's just to it's plot stuff. I mean, that's what drags I, this down sometimes. I think you could argue that because Buffy's enemy isn't Ben, it's Glory. And Glory took the coward's way out by saying, you can't kill a human. Like, I'm mm. going to disappear. You can't keep fighting me. Here's Ben. And Giles was like, I don't care if he's a quote unquote innocent caught up in this. This is how we end it. And I think that's the difference is 
Buffy's like, you're not my enemy. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to let this go, and I'm going to fight Glory. Hey, he's not actively attacking me. He's not yeah. actually doing anything. But she, I mean, you would hope she'd be able to keep in context. He is Glory. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> come yeah. on, though. That's bad. He turns into Buffy's Glory. Bad he is this. not Glory. I don't know. I think it makes sense that she would be like, you know, you're not who I'm here to fight. I know. You're not a danger to me. I believe that. I mean, I totally agree yeah. with it. Yes. I mean, I think Buffy definitely yeah. would walk away. But I think that it's a, it's just not a good idea. And and Giles knows that. And she can't do that, so he needs to do it because I that mean, is the only way to stop it. It's interesting because if he could kill – if she could kill Glory, she would have killed Glory. Like that – there would have been no yeah. hesitation. But like – if the way to kill Glory is to kill someone else, then I don't know. That's when you get into that like weird, messy, gray area. <laughs> but I think when they share the same body and they morph into each other, I think we're the gray area is becoming a little clearer to me because it's not like I have to kill this baby over here in you know Europe and that will stop this thing over here in America from happening. Like that's not what's happening here, right? It is this person is magically morphing in between God and person status. And then if I were to go talk to Don, Don would say, hey, fucking Ben sucks. Kill Ben. <laughs> and then they'd be like, all right, well, I'll kill Ben. Fuck it. I love you, Don. I'll do anything you say. Death to Ben. You yeah, know, it's but, it's all very relative. I mean, you could argue in the same token that Ben and Don are similar. Like, neither of them made the choice to be touched by magic. Sure. And neither of them have the choice to decide, like, what their destiny is or, like, what their purpose is or whatever. Like, Ben is essentially, for all intents and purposes, along for the ride. And he's yeah. decided to try to, like, deal with that the best he can, which is not a good way, you know, no. from the outside. But you could understand. I mean, Gloria says as much. Like, he's scared. He doesn't want to die. Like, right. you know, he is just as much caught up in this and trapped as Dawn is and I wonder if Buffy sees that and is like I can't do this to you I couldn't you know I would hope someone else wouldn't do that to Dawn I don't know yeah yeah I mean I, I think I agree with that too yeah. but I mean but if Dawn was to be like kill Ben I think she'd do it <laughs> maybe I mean if she made that point you know at least you're a fucking you're honest, honest about your being a monster like Ben yeah. is secretly a monster right I mean I think we can look at the end of this I mean as a viewer and say you know, Ben, you know, like you've been saying all along, Kelly, Thank Ben you. sucks. Gosh. Ben can go. Finally, and somebody I th- said it. And I, and I think for, for a, a, a random viewer like me, it would have been last episode that really sealed his fate, you know, mm-hmm. when he brought her back. That was the end of Ben, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's bad. Toss him. Who cares? But mercifully, he's barely in this episode because I think that we all agree he, the Glory Ben stuff last episode was, was pretty much the low point. But this is great. This is peak Glory. I mean, this is this is the Glory that I think of mostly when when I think look fondly on season five. It's it's this the the Glory banter between her and Dawn, uh, specifically even when she like very sinisterly, you know, she's grabbing Dawn's face and she's like, mm-hmm. I bet I'm betting Buffy knows that, and I bet if she comes here, it might not be to save you. And it's just like that is such a great villain line, mm-hmm. and also the Master part of that problem. Prophecy was he had to be set free. He's like, tricky thing about prophecies, they never told you that you're the one who frees me, mm-hmm. right? Like, if, if you would not come here, I couldn't escape. And it's like, that's, that's so great villain shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So, you know, prophecy girl. <laughs> great show. So good. So good. The pleasure moment. 
and the blissful calm that comes right after it. But that only lasted a couple of seconds, and now I'm terrified again. Xander proposes to Anya. Thoughts? Oh, barf. <laughs> I hate this. I hated it the first time I watched it. I hate it more now that I know he leaves her at the altar. But why do you hate it? Well, other than the leaving at the altar. Without the hindsight of that. It feels very much like he, I mean, and Anya says as much, like, do this when we not die. Like, prove that you actually mean this. And yeah. I, I mean, he he does, but eventually he runs away. But it feels very much like he's just doing it to do it. You think it's just yeah. an empty gesture because he's never going to have to There's own no up consequences, to it, yeah. yeah. Well, of course. I mean, it I feels think that's good. totally true. Yeah, totally. You f- feel like you're alive and you're making plans for the future. We're not going to die. Everything's great. Yep. Which makes you feel a little braver. Going into the big fight. Yep. One time having basement sex and he's like, marry me. Marry me. Right now. <laughs> no, but also, like, I think it just, it um, it's a nice build to season six that they know they're going to do, right? It's like, what what can we possibly get you, like, with the future? Buffy's dead. Giles, obviously, is on the outs. And Willow is going to be a fucking amazing witch. We are definitely heading that way. What the fuck is Xander doing? God, we got to give him some plot. All right, well, here you go. You're going to get married. Boom. We've solved the Xander conundrum. Done. <laughs> yeah, something to do now. <laughs> something to do. <laughs> Sorry, Xander, but it's true. I mean, God, what what else do you have to look forward to from him? You know? Nothing. So. Yeah. Which is why he really does get relegated. I mean, we've, we've yeah. been pointing it out a little bit this season, too, where he's just like, not really around. Yeah. He's just kind of there because he doesn't have any. Great lines. Purpose. Still gets good lines, though. And that yes. is important. I mean, so maybe that is his purpose. And, and it really I is. I mean, I guess purpose. it always has been, right? Like, just uh-huh. for, it always for has jokes. Been. Speaking of dudes, also Spike. Spike says something that I. Uh, what? You treat me like a man. Uh, what do you think he means, you treat me like a man? You trust me? You think I am responsible? You know I can take care of stuff? Which is kind of just another way of saying responsible. I don't know. It struck me as strange because I feel like she definitely still keeps him at a distance. She knows he's a vampire. He's not really in her good graces per se, but there is a mutual trust there. Like, obviously, we've gone through that through the season, but I don't know. What do you think he's trying to say other than I love you? This just seems like some amends bullshit to me. Like, I I like it. It's all fine. And mercifully, it's very short, but it's also just like a weird romantic-ish sounding thing Mm -hmm. to say that doesn't actually mean anything because... Season six is coming, Kelly. You need to watch season six, and then we're going to get more from them. That's pretty much all that that was. was like, hey, we're cool. We're on good terms here. Can't wait to see what happens next year. We'll fuck down a house. Bye. (laughs) Like, that's... I mean, that, that's all I read it as. You should have I mean, just but... jimmed the camera and been like, follow us on the UPN, guys. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, thinking about it, watching the episode, you know, they're like, people are going to die tonight. And he was mm-hmm. like, I'm probably going to die tonight. Oh, yeah, definitely. And right. I can't tell you I love you again because we both know how that's going to end. <laughs> but, like, yes. I want you to know that, like, you're important to me and I, like, appreciate you know, like the way you've treated me or something like that. Um, but I mean, I think this resonates with Chosen at the end where Spike, you know, is at the end sort of sacrificing mm-hmm. himself in his own little way there too. Like, yeah. I, I think that we've got, you know, these resonances that if what you were saying before about some of this stuff possibly, you know, sort of being holdovers to Chosen, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we could have we could have incorporated more of that, but he kind of gave us like an amuse-bouche before we get the full mm. right. Because he couldn't actually be the hero hero in this episode. In fact, he fails at his one job of stopping Doc. Yeah. Inexplicably. 
And everybody gets tossed off 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 that skyscraper, and they and keep they... like not being hurt, and I'm just livid. I mean, the, his his brain would be smashed in. Oh yeah, and he would be dead. Vampire or not, you're smushed. I always knew I'd go down fighting. I'm counting on you to protect her till the end of the world. Daniel. Were you fooled by the Buffy bot for a second? Did you remember that happened? Fuck yeah, absolutely. Nice. That fucking was. Oh yeah, because also like they, she was a pretty programmed uh, bot, and she had mm. a lot of extra dialogue she that sure they did. they really let her really know a lot more stuff. And they tamped so, down the tone of her voice and the way she mm-hmm. speaks her cadence too. They really like so incredible, incredible manipulation from uh, Willow. Ten out of ten on her manipulation skills with the computer, because clearly they would have had to put a lot of extra dialogue in her to really get this going. Uh, also, is it a mistake then that this stupid Buffy bot would throw the the Dagon sphere? Because if yeah. she is repelled by the Dagon sphere, do not give up the Dagon sphere. It's really that simple. So now that she threw it and it was Buffy bot in the end, I just laugh because I'm like, oh wow, what a big fuck up from. <laughs> The Buffy bot. They didn't They didn't say, don't throw the Dagon Sphere. But, like, come on. What are we doing? Also, if you're Glory, maybe don't catch it. I don't know why her, insti- her instinct was like, let me touch the thing that hurts me. Great. Right. So then she smashed it and she was fine. She did, but she could have also just, like, whoop, not touched it and could have smashed it on the ground. It but also, incredible, fragile. it took one second of, like, a little bit of damage. Like, a tiny little bit. 15, 15 points off. And then it was, like, instant regeneration. Nothing happened. Nope. That was disappointing. I mean, Olaf's hammer got all the play. I oh, mean, yeah. if there wasn't the hammer, Glory is alive. And oh, yeah. she is ruling the entire universe right now. Like, I don't know what else to say. Thank you, Olaf, for your sacrifice. Like, what are we doing here? Stop it. You're a god. <laughs> Make it stop. That's the most important weapon of all time. Thor <laughs> is the best <laughs> Avenger. Easy. <laughs> like, without a hammer, we're done. <laughs> Yeah, John that, Henry, the greatest yeah, character in all of literature, right? That's Come on. When Buffy was making hamburger meat out of Glory's face, I was like, look, I guess she's a god, but there's got to be limits, right? She just got thrown off a fucking tower, and you're smashing her over and over again. It's good. I'm thinking there's got to be some like serious damage there, but nope, she's fine. Feels magic. good. Feels cathartic. I love it. I mean, I guess magic. So what do we think? Because I kind of like the idea, the little thought experiment of, what if Dawn did jump? What happens to our show? Now, the obvious answer is, as Buffy says, I quit. Right? She says that in Prophecy Girl. She's like, I quit. I don't want to do this. But comes around and, and you know, God damn it, I'll do the hero shit anyway. Mm-hmm. Here, she says, oh, okay, twofold question. One, the, uh, the prof- or the whatever, the portal opens. I'm going to kill kill every anybody that comes towards Don. One, do you think Buffy actually would have made good on her word if Giles, because he was gung-ho about it, actually came up and tried to put a stop to it? And two, or rather, not two, separate question, what if Don did jump? I think she'd throw him in and see what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe that would stop it. You never know what he's got in his blood. Who knows? Yeah, that could be true. I mean, I guess it, it would have to be the specific instance. I guess it's two different questions if it happened in the moment. Like, Buffy and Don are right both at the top together and Giles is there. And, like, he pushes her in because that's right in the moment, right? So Buffy's going to react immediately because it's happening right now versus if Buffy's still on the ground fighting Glory or something, for instance, and then Giles shoves her off and Buffy would have a minute to think about it. Like, she wouldn't be able to get there in time. That seems with the distance, her, like, revenge killing him as opposed to heat of the moment, passion, whatever, Mm -hmm. a little bit different. Passion. Uh, So what about 
Dawn jumping in to save the world. The easy argument is Willow brings her back to life like she brought Buffy back to life. Oh, I would never have thought that. It was an unnatural magical death either way. Nice. Uh, If that doesn't happen, I mean... Either you have a season of Buffy trying to quit and failing because things keep attacking her and Willow or whatever, or if she she quits and you have a show without Buffy or you don't have a show, I don't, I think those are the options. I think you have to turn it inward because you can't, I mean, because what's the alternative? Dawn jumps off, right? And kills herself. Then we have to spend next season. I mean, yeah, we can bring her back or whatever, but obviously then we're going to linger on Buffy's immense loss of her mom of her sister, all those things. Like she could definitely come back from it because if Dawn was to choose it, then it broke all the rules, right? Dawn sacrificed herself. So she would not necessarily have to quit or be mad at anybody except maybe herself for not getting there. And that's why I think as a viewer too, you could have seen Dawn. She had magical powers be like, stop and stop Buffy before she goes. And then she jumps or something like that. Right. I mean, who knows what could have happened in that moment, but, and I'm glad that they like just kind of cut here and we move on to like, we're bringing Buffy back and we're going to talk about death that way. Not her grieving other people, but her grieving her own death. That's cool. That doesn't happen on TV very often. So it's very sweet. Yeah. That's a, a way better story. Because otherwise, for me, the easy thing is the, which is kind of a superhero trope. You have a superhero who's given up the game. And then for some reason, they have mm. to be brought out of retirement because mm-hmm. the biggest bad has come back. Right. So like. Which could happen here. She becomes a lumberjack and she goes yeah. off to men or something. Right. Absolutely. And they have to bring her back. Yeah, right? yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I'm glad that doesn't happen. But I just thought it was neat because it's something I would have never considered. I also would have never thought Willow would bring her back. So that's mm. that's interesting because she's. Yes, we're yeah. sad. But like we didn't bring Joyce back. Right. It wasn't a magical but Joyce, death. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. But I also feel like Dawn's not necessary. Sorry, Dawn. To the world. The way that Buffy is. Buffy's not necessary to the world either. She alone has the power to stop the <laughs> vampires and the demons. It's not true. <laughs> Faith alone. Yeah. True. That's true. Think about Harriet the Spy too, though. We could have had that if she wasn't <laughs> under contract. <laughs> that is the bigger loss to the world. That is so the loss. World. You're right. Yes. It doesn't matter? Did I hear you say it doesn't matter? Because I thought I heard you say it doesn't matter, but Harriet wouldn't say that, would she? Now, come on. Just because you're on your own doesn't mean the world stops turning or that there are no more fascinating people to observe and fill your notebooks with. That's your job, Harry. That's your job for life. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we've pretty much covered everything, uh, unless there's anything big that you wanted to talk about. Otherwise, I would just incoherently ramble about how much I like it but not be able to actually put it into good words. So let's yell about some stuff. Oh, man, it's hard. Hard for me for this episode because I like this episode a lot. But I will say, right out of the gate, part of what I agree makes the opening scene cringy. Not the idea of it. I think it, like, Stacia hit the nail on the head of what it represents. And I do like that about it. But the physicality of the scene, I don't know if either of you noticed. I know Stacia didn't see it. But, Daniel, did you notice that very obvious cardboard wall that was spray painted to look like cinder blocks but very much wasn't like star no. trek level definitely cardboard not real stone sweet no i did not notice man there's one of the, like there's been a, a handful of moments watching the hd copies where i'm like that was never meant to see the yeah. light of <laughs> hd day because holy crap that's really bad and also there's a couple of the minions later in the episode that are clearly wearing rubber masks as opposed mm-hmm. to having nice prosthetics and i'm like god that's Oh, Party City mask. Um, all right, cool. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. This was not meant to see HD. Oh, yeah, also, 
I forgot Reverse Cuomo was in this episode for some reason. There's just I like know. a random <laughs> hipster guy in the mob of crazies. So bad. Anyway, Stacia, do you have a yelling? Um, oh, wow. I, for the first time in my life, wondered. When, for the first time in your life. The first time in my life wondered <laughs> watching this episode. Yeah, when Buffy said, like, the monks made her out of my blood, like, she is mm. a part of me. I was like, how did the monks get her blood, though? Yeah. Ooh, dark. Yeah. Like, you don't just stab a slayer. Like, where did it come from? Blood bank? Maybe she got her blood taken at some point? <laughs> oh, and they wow. just, like, jumped in? That there's been a secret mole at Sunnydale General that's like been <laughs> tracing if, all the blood coming in. If they've thought <laughs> of everything then surely they would think about how to get Buffy's blood. That's probably the most important thing for the rest of their thought of everything plan. So if they really are these geniuses then clearly they found a way, right? Or maybe Maggie Walsh during Buffy's brief stint as part of the initiative got a bunch of her blood to do tests or whatever and the monks were like, hey, are you going to use all that? We got plans next year. I can't tell you about it but I need this. Doubtful. Ah, Incredible. Great Incredible. question. We'll never get an answer. Uh, Daniel? We'll never know. Um, that I just want to bring up the fight on the stairwell. We kind of got to the end and stuff like that. That fight on the stairwell was absolutely bonkers. I give them credit because I could not find a great shot of any extra. So they were cutting this bitch real, real fine. <laughs> you could not tell when it wasn't a, you know, not Sarah Michelle Geller or whoever is the Claire stunt Cameron. double for glory. Yeah, um, well, you couldn't tell when it's not them. So incredible stuff um, for the two of them. And uh, it it was pretty, I mean, it was, they did a lot with that little area, you know, sort yeah, of swinging did. back and forth and losing the Olaf's hammer, which I always find the hammer funny because like you can't pick it up, but then like the ground can hold it, right? Mm-hmm. And like and that little case. tiny chain can hold it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you should point that out in the magic box. How's it just sitting there? How's it just sitting there? Who put it there? I mean, you would have Mm -hmm. saw Buffy put it there, so you know she can hold it. So what are we doing? Yeah, uh, I I really think the fighting was good. All things I thought it was good. All the fights we've seen, very cool. And I I like when they have a unique set to do it in too, because that instantly makes it like a a cooler thing. I mean, I guess it could have went bad. I kind of think a little bit about Primeval, like in a weird way, like it was a kind of anticlimactic type of fight, but I tend to like those a little more because I enjoyed them being up on the top, sort of swinging around, and then kind of her beating the fuck out of her with her. Uh, hammer, which was really cool. But the Adam fight, you know, I mean, we hate Primeval. It's not a good episode, but I thought that fight was, I don't, I, beyond the, you, obviously that one was not good for the, for the doubles, but that was more oh, yeah, action packed. Right. I thought there was more going on. This mm-hmm. was kind of like, I don't know. You just kind of knew they were going to fall off. And it's like, why do we keep running up these two rungs of stairs? Like, <laughs> come on, like, fake out, do a fake out, right? Do something else. Like, I don't know. Try Bizarre. anything else. Anything else. <laughs> Uh, I could have brought this up earlier, but it, this is when it's happening. So, Stacia, you remember that Buffy died in Prophecy Girl. Yeah. Buffy doesn't seem to remember that. I feel like this is a perfect opportunity to kind of bring that back up. Great We're talking point. about apocalypses and everything, and she's like, I I died. died. Yeah. We got to wait till next year for her to acknowledge She it. said it before in other episodes, but mm-hmm. not this one. Very but weird. Part of the moment where she should have said that is when she's talking about uh, I sacrificed Angel, and mm-hmm. I loved him so much. I sacrificed myself. Yeah, that's a I mean, perfect opportunity on. to say that. Mm-hmm. Come the on, but uh, and Stacia screams out a sonic scream <laughs> as it's not mentioned. 
<laughs> oh, she says, I don't have that anymore. I don't have that, whatever it is, to give up this thing that I love more than anything, this thing being Dawn. I don't have that in me anymore. I don't mm. think that's what she was saying. Is, she, is it not? What, what, or she, the sac- self-sacrificing? Is that what you mean? I thought she was saying, I don't know what the right thing is anymore. I knew oh. sacrificing Angel was the right thing. Oh, she was just because oh. it was the right thing to do or something. I don't have that anymore. I don't have the sense of what the right thing is anymore. So all gotcha. I know is I need to protect Dawn. Right. Yeah. And then she goes on to say, really sadly, I, I just wish my mom was here. Yeah. Which is like really heartbreaking. And watching Prophecy Girl, she does talk to Joyce in that episode. <laughs> Joyce, she was a bad mom. Guys, we forgot. We got tricked by the body. I mean, you guys, forgot. Kelly, but, you know the gallery's open on weekends, so we can't. Oh my go God, anywhere. when she said that, when she said that. Buffy I lost is my crying, mind. Tears in her eyes. She's like clearly upset. Something bad is happening. And Joyce is like, you know, she's like, can we please leave, Mom? Can we please go do a mother-daughter thing? I just need some time with you. And Joyce is like, the gallery's open on weekends. But just, God damn it, Joyce. The but, absolute worst. But I, like, that was so sad because Buffy, I bet, would have gone to, to Joyce. They would have been talking to each other. I mean, it would have been a whole other can of worms and another person to worry about. Can you imagine Joyce on the fucking <sighs> gas station road trip in the Winnebago? No, like terrible. This is a whole it's a alternate worst universe, but still, it like, is. that's such a, a... Season two universe right there, yeah. Tough. <laughs> it's such a, like, a... a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, broadly appealing or mm. understandable feeling that somebody's like, yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. you know, talk to my mom about this thing, and it's just like, fuck. And you, I would hope... The body tricked me, Joyce, uh, would be offer some nice words of advice. Mm. But I know real prophecy girl Joyce would have said some <laughs> dumb shit about the gather. Moo Joyce. <laughs> yeah, Moo Joyce. She did buy her that dress that she is did. iconic she for sure Prophecy did. Girl. So yeah. we'll give her we'll That's give her a pass true. there on that. <laughs> Three separate times in that episode, they're like, Hey, I like your dress. Mm. <laughs> Which is pretty great. This is how many apocalypses for us now. Anyway, I don't know whose turn it is, but say she can go. Oh my god, amazing. Um I feel like someone explained the trolley problem in, like, uh, philosophy mm-hmm. or whatever to Joss Whedon, and he thought, huh, that's a great idea for a serious finale. I'll yeah. do both. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, what did you say during the episode? You're like, Giles and, and Buffy have come up with two different solutions to the trolley yeah. problem, and that is the correct They're doing the different math for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> different maths. Yes. I mean, that is a really old philosophy question. I mean, who is, is right? Guys, who's right? Is Buffy right or is Giles right? Giles. Giles is clearly fucking right. I'm sorry, Giles. I asked. That was a rhetorical question. <laughs> Absolutely right. Uh, Daniel? Um, I, I got to just shout out my extras again. I really, really love the extras in this episode. Rivers Quillen. I love they're all here, and I I want to, like, it's so funny just watching this. I didn't bring it up last time because it was just kind of like a dumb episode, and everybody hated that piece of shit episode. But this one was so funny, too, because we're still walking out, and we're still living within everything, and people are still, like, building this thing, like, even yeah. though it's happening. We're still working on this. Oh, yeah, you pointed that out. You're like, what dinner. are they moving bricks for? Yeah, I mean, why are we still working yeah. on it? And at any given moment, there is some random dude, like, in between, like, uh you know, some green canister and some lumber who's just praying. Like, why? Like, praying to what for what? It's b- bizarre. And then I love that scene where, where Willow then parts the waters and mm-hmm. lets Spike run upstairs. But, uh, you know, how can they not take all these people? Are they superhuman strength? I mean, I thought that they were like Terra. Like, they're just people yeah. Yeah. who are just kind of yeah. like... They are. So why just come and yeah. smack them up? Let's go. It does seem like they should be able to... Handle them. You're fighting like uh, he took eggs from like a demon 
but we can't beat up like Rivers Cuomo. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, like mentally diminished regsy people. They cannot can't take can't them beat on. Can't beat them. Can't beat them. Amazing um, stuff. I do like the little hush callback though that Willow and Tara stronger together. Never mm. forget. They hold mm. hands and they can throw regular people around. <laughs> something our other heroes cannot do. Vending machines. And also yes, vending machines. That's right. <laughs> Critically. That never come machines. in handy ever again. <laughs> Willow won't use that for bad. No. Yeah, I do think for these extras, we're doing an, some Knights of Byzantium magic where it's like we could only get 15 people, so we're going to have to really frame them just right. This is another widescreen is not your friend because this could have yeah. felt like a lot more people than it was. Conspiracy. Oh, sorry. I was going to say conspiracy theory. These are the Knights of Byzantium without the Knights. Oh, of, probably. Same, same, <laughs> same, same actors. I mean, yeah. honestly, <laughs> this, this guy in plaid, he looks like a knight. He does look like yeah. a knight of Byzantium. You're totally right. Totally. Rivers Cuomo, though, is really, he just kind of <laughs> slipped on set. <laughs> he wandered <laughs> in accidentally like, and they were like, eh, well, whatever. Well, I don't know. All right, that's how here. That's how Josh got um, the inspiration for Claire's line about or when uh, Tara walks on set. That's what he said to this River, Rivers Cuomo character. You're not supposed hey, to Hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's good. Write that in the script. Okay, good. Oh, shit. Uh, 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 hang on. Oh, I was never a gun. Oh, my God. There's so many good mm-hmm. lines of dialogue in this episode. Just so, so many. So I tried to not write them all down, but I was never a gun. It's just. No, I, I was never a gun. Someone else should be the gun. I, I could be a, a cudgel or, or a, a pointy stick. So cute and great. And that's some season one Willow shit. Mm -hmm. That person's dead, though. We have a different Willow. Ooh, I wanted to say specifically, speaking of dead Willow, uh, season one, Prophecy Girl. Oh, my God. This episode, Stacia, have you heard of it? It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, During the episode, the whole AV club gets wiped out, of which Willow was a part of, but luckily Mm -hmm. she wasn't at school that day or something. Oh, my God. Piggy cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Porky Pig cartoon on the the screen. And it's really macabre, like, especially... I constantly like to dunk on the first couple seasons and think that there was no drama, no intensity. It's like because you hear things like Joss Whedon saying the pack was as dark as we could get. Who knew we could do something? And you're like, guys, they're fucking high. What? <laughs> but that is that's mm-hmm. messed up. And Willow is like traumatized afterwards. Mm-hmm. And Buffy goes yeah. to her. And part of the reason I think why she kind of decides to do the right thing and mm-hmm. sacrifice herself is because Willow's mm-hmm. so scared. That was really intense. And, you know, we're talking about how different our characters are. That's five years of trauma. You know, part of me kind of wonders if there's a reason Slayers die two years into it, man. Maybe there's a point where you wear out your welcome and everybody around you and yourself, you just hit a wall. Mm -hmm. And, like, you just weren't supposed to live this long, homie. And now we're dealing with the ramifications of you dragging not only yourself but everyone you care about through the mire for Mm -hmm. five years, starting all the way back in season one with poor little Willow, seeing... It's five, know, six bodies are ripped open into place. She's like, it's really heartbreaking. She's like, I go there every day. They were my friends. They were people. And yeah. what I saw in there, that's not our world anymore, Buffy. It's theirs. And they liked it. I was Ooh. like, oh, my God. This Ooh. episode's great. But that's not where, what we're talking about. Where, <laughs> is that? where is that in this episode? Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, that's like, I, I just, I don't know why I forget this. Well, like, and that's such a, well, and isn't that the same thing where Cordelia, like, makes a joke because they're watching the Porky Pig or whatever, right? Yeah. Is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah she's, she's like, like so boys cute, always do that or whatever. Yeah. You know, they're always watching cartoons. Or, and yeah, it's that darkness with that funny, like, because mm-hmm. we all know they're dead and then they're just kind of joking it off and then, mm-hmm. oh, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Good yeah, we definitely just go dark now. We just go dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no more light in the end of this tunnel. No but yeah, more like, light, no. I mean, <laughs> damn, yeah, just different people. We've gone through too different much people. shit. We've seen too much. True. Stacia. Um, 
<laughs> I wrote Sander has his second good idea in reference to him saying, why don't we just kill Ben? <laughs> totally. What's the first good idea, Sasha? Uh, when he bought Cordelia that dress for That's prom. right. That's oh, right. Oh, nice. Cute. <laughs> wow. Two good ideas in his whole life. He's looking up. I want to talk about the doc. Where the hell did the doc come from? We never really get a good explanation. As a viewer, I am utterly confused about him, except for being a character that has to be there. I mean, it's the plot demanded mm-hmm. Buffy fight with glory. So we have to do this. We've set nothing else up. So it has to be them. It couldn't have been one of the fucking minions. Again, we talked about the minions last week. What if we fleshed out that minion into a mm-hmm. real character? Why do we have to have doc? Honestly, could have just, Left Doc by the by the side and Could fleshed out let, that one let main him minion. actually die. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And just had the one main minion be a minion and, and actually yeah. like have some agency a little bit. Like I want to help her or maybe go through a little bit of a crisis. Maybe he sides with Ben and is like, yeah, we shouldn't do this. And then he's like, no, we need to do this. Right. And then we kind of know what his motivation is. This guy, what the fuck is he doing here? You know, like it makes no sense. Do I mean, it makes no him sense. Again? He, does he die? He gets no. pushed off. Yeah, he's he's dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was funny. That was funny. But yeah, right. We never see him again. And what's in the box? Pushes him like he's not even there. Oh yeah, what's in the box? We didn't get an answer. Yeah, Yeah. we don't never know. You're totally fucking right. I could forget. I knew I was gonna forget, and I forgot. Thank you for reminding me. What's in the there box? There go the points falling was, off. Did they even open it? No. It didn't even matter. No. No, it is we never, never talked seen about again. it. We never saw it. That's it was never incredible. seen. Yeah. Why did we do that? So part of me watching this episode, I really did wonder a little bit if Joss Whedon didn't watch most of the season or like didn't know really what was going on. He's like, yeah. these are the five things I need to happen. Do whatever the, the fuck you want to do. That box thing, that... Of all the loose ends and stuff that they do, that is really annoying. Yeah. Because they said specifically, that must be the thing, the exact thing we need. And it's like, eh. They just dumped it <laughs> in a dumpster because <laughs> they left the apartment like, meh. You can imagine a world where like something like that could slip in, right? Where we just say this thing and I don't know, you're just kind of like, eh, whatever. And you just let it go. I mean, who? I don't, that's Buffy, though. That's Buffy. I could see Josh seeing that and be like, ah, oh, fuck, I didn't write anything about that box. Yeah. <laughs> Too fucking late now. Who cares? <laughs> Already shot the episode. Already oh. shot. Right, totally. Right. As he's like editing the whole thing, he's like, ah, fuck. We, I want to take it out. And he's like, no, we can't do that because we're 30 seconds short. All right. Keep it in. Whatever. <laughs> We've done worse. (laughs) But yeah, Doc is a character that all the context we have for him is just in last episode in The Way of the World, uh, where he says, you think only underworld whatever scumbags care about the beast? So we know he likes Glory or is on Glory's team for some reason. But uh, yeah, how he physically gets there. I mean, we see him do some weird movement with Spike. So maybe he does have like super speed or some kind of teleportation ability a little Mm. bit. Uh, but it's still scary. Joel, Joel Gray, still scary as fuck. Scary, but we don't know why. Scary. Why? Yeah. Why is he doing this? Yeah. He is a weird piece that I just pretend doesn't exist because, yeah, yeah. I, I can't like sublimate him in with the story. He would have been a cool character to keep around longer and kind of play with yeah. versus turning him into this it, unnecessary kind of thing. He does seem kind of like something you'd see like a couple times a season and he would just sort of be a threat in the background that you're like, I want to know more about that, but we're not going yeah. in that direction until we go in that direction you know right and he's shows always... do that now shows show, i yeah. mean a show like this would see this actor and be like okay we can only afford you for two episodes but we're going to use yeah. you in two episodes but really 
We got a day with you. We're going to put you in every single episode we got because we're going to be able to afford you next year. Like, that's really what the vibe kind of should be, because he's great. Like, really great. Yeah. Uh, And Claire Kramer is so great, too. But unfortunately, even with this, she just doesn't get to shine that much. Right. So many episodes don't even have her in it. And it it feels like a, a missed opportunity because I would love to know more about Glory as well. And, and and maybe, again, we have – we've done this before, though, where we have, like, our bad guy hanging out with all the other bad guys, right? Trick mm-hmm. and all of his friends and stuff and the mayor, right? We've done all of this. So I don't necessarily want Claire or um, Glory to hang out with this guy, but right. it would help us, right? I mean, it would help mm-hmm. us to know how other demons worship Glory. I mean, that would yeah. also be nice, too. Why is Glory anything? Like, she would have been a has-been forgotten god for the mm. past 20 years, right? She's in a, mm-hmm. been in a body. People would assume that she's dead, right? That's the assumption. So she's gone. Why do people still believe in her? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Why do they? Yeah. Who knows? Why are all her minions the same kind of creature? If Yeah. If, totally. Just like that. <laughs> totally. That, with the exception of Doc, he's the only other non-type mm-hmm. of that demon that we've mm-hmm. seen that cares mm-hmm. about her. I mean, she does kind of, she takes over or controls the Layok demons, but that's made to be like they're kind of freelancers, not yeah. that they care about her necessarily. Totally. They, that's um, true. But like, why is that like whole group of people, race of people right. or whatever, the minions, her minions? Like, why is it? Is it like their religion? Is it because they're somehow genetically predisposed to like her? Are totally, they, which is dark. Are they That's from like her old dimension, yeah. dimension? Is that why they're tied to her? I just, right. I've always kind of wondered that, and you just get nothing. Nothing mm-hmm. at all. Too, it's too bad. Giles' level of, level of Giles, I need to bring up a photo for you guys to see here. One second, let me find it. Can we acknowledge the wrecking ball, though? That was pretty cool. That was oh, pretty yeah. dope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Giles' level of Giles for me, um, he's got a, you can't see it in this shot, but he's got a no parking in the back, violators will be toads mm-hmm. sticker. Uh, pretty great. Saw that. Nice. Pretty great. Um, he's got a calendar right behind him, a stamp calendar with a George Washington stamp on it. <laughs> that stamp is from 1867. It's a 12-cent stamp. <laughs> <laughs> it goes for $37 on eBay. So not a great stamp. But how there are stamps from that same year. There was only 1,000 printed. It's from a different angle, like a side profile of Washington. Those go for over $100,000 because there's only 1,000 printed. They've only found six. So, <gasps> so be on the lookout, guys. Uh, there's also a weird mood board where there's a topless man with his belly showing. Um, there's a boat. There's a vintage car from the 30s or something. Uh, in between that, it's probably a Polaroid from one of the staff parties from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show that Anthony Stewart heads a part of. There's a Union Jack up in the corner, and there's a map behind the man with his belly, um, a map of Southern California, which I guess proves that we're in California. Um, but yeah, this is a weird, like, this is part of the store. Like, this is like right when you walk down the stairs, it's like, this is my office. Hello. Here's this man. Why? Why is he there? Oh, know. speaking of the parts we haven't really seen in the store before, did we, have we ever been to the basement? No, never to the basement. Okay, I didn't think so. Wow, because I mean, we go to the training room. We've been to the training room multiple times, but that's actually not the same place as the basement. And the basement I know we see in season six a couple of different times, but I can't remember a time that we've seen it before now. No, I, I'm pretty confident we've never been to the basement before. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about the elasticity of time with this episode a little bit. Did you agree that it also felt a little short? Like we had so much slowness... 
up to this point. So much filler, so much weird thing. And then this one felt like it flew by. Like when I was watching Prophecy Girl, it did not feel short. It, it didn't feel like it drug on, but it, it was like, this is an appropriate amount of time. This feels satisfying. But this, I was just like, man, we're just like, we're talking about fighting. Now we're fighting. Now Buffy's dead. And, and the fact that there's no epilogue too, there's no... Unlike Prophecy Girl, we get that nice cathartic moment at the end. We have our piano music. Everybody's like, the world didn't end. Let's party. Like, that's that's great. And we know everything's going to be okay. Or if we don't get picked up, wasn't that a fun story? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, but this, you know, we just end on Buffy's grave. Mm-hmm. There's no moment uh, of, of anything, of acknowledgement, no release. You, yeah, the you, grave the was crazy. The last thing you see is Dawn's face and then Buffy's grave. Um, did you feel that that was short or like that it should have? Did you want more? I know we get more. So maybe, again, this is all hard when you... No, you get more. Like, of yeah. the story? Yeah. yeah, but you don't get more of this story with the glory. Yeah. Um, I It does feel like, and I have to say, I was looking through my notes for the season, like how I ranked the episodes, and I'd already fucking forgotten that Riley was in this season. <laughs> I was just like, oh shit, yeah, the first half of season five, right! Uh, so that being said, it does feel like this season has really fucking drug on considering it's been like 12,000 years since Riley was even like a part of this. I know, I know. And like the idea that Riley and Glory were inhabiting the same town like just doesn't compute oh, which yeah. is why I'm constantly see constantly Weird. forgetting that Riley is in season 5. He just he's he ends at season four with the initiative. Adam dies, Riley's out of there in his little helicopter leaving. So this season like drags on so incredibly long. For that. Uh, and then I really like the episode where they go on their like little horsey adventure in the RV. Mm-hmm. That feels great. But then this episode is weird because, well, before that you get this really long episode where nothing happens because Buffy's just sitting in a room. <laughs> so that's very static, like outwardly, like nothing's happened. We had the fight with the horsies and then Buffy sits and now <laughs> it's the end of the show. And you're like, well, Okay. Uh, but then the first half of the half of the episode, I was just like, Glory's got Dawn. Like, go. Like, do something. And they're just, like, sitting there. And I'm just, like, mad because, like, if I was her, I'd be anxious to, like, go. And I know that it's, like, about the timing or whatever. But also, like, is it about the timing? Why couldn't you go now? When you yeah. have more time to save Dawn than, like, at the very last minute when she's getting cut up in the portals opening. So that was really frustrating and it felt very long and just kind of like, oh, and this is another scene of waiting. Like, yeah, let's go to Buffy's house and wait some more and let's go back to the magic <laughs> shop and keep waiting. And uh. But then yeah. the fighting happens and that like goes really, really quick. And then, yeah, Buffy dies and you're like, whoop, that was the end of the episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing to digest what just happened. So I guess that's my very long answer, which is, the season's really slow. The last episode was incredibly slow. The first half of this episode feels really slow, but also really fast because we went from nothing happening at all to like, oh, Buffy's dead in like a 10-minute span. <laughs> she was sitting in a room comatose and now she's dead. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Although yeah. I, uh, I, I like... I like all the the slowness of this episode because I really enjoy the show that will not be named, um, even in in its worst season, the pre battle episode, right, where we're all yeah. hanging out with our friends. That's all the best stuff. And I think that this episode, after finding out that there was kind of maybe a plan to make this a two hour 
TV thing, it could have benefited from that because we could have had more of that and really dug into some stuff. I mean, if the first half of this episode was that, it was the the episode before the finale and the hangout, we're like gathering ourselves, we know we're going to die, we're mm-hmm. kind of taking stock of things, that would be fine. But this is the finale and you're like, you know you're getting the big battle, it's happening. Correct. But not quite yet. <laughs> and I almost wonder if oh, they happened. shied away from that a little bit because they've done that twice already too, right? Like we did Becoming Part 1 and 2 yeah. with like, yeah, yeah. we're going to fight Angel. Let's deal with the, our feelings. Yeah. And now we're fighting Angel. We're going to fight the mayor. He's yep. a giant snake. Let's deal with our feelings. Now we're fighting the mayor. Yep. So yeah. I, I Try can to weave it better. Yeah. 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 I think it would have felt less clunky if we hadn't had the Buffy goes comatose in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Because that just, it feels like you have this whole battle with the um, RV and everything. And, like, you're gearing up for something. And then the show just kind of crashes to a halt. And it's like, stop. Nothing's happening. Yeah. I think you could reverse it, too. You could have Dawn get got right there at the fucking, uh, at the Tara's dorm room. Right there. Mm -hmm. And then she's trying to find her. And then the Knights of Byzantium swoop in or something. And they're like, we're going to find her. We... We know where she, I, you know, I don't know how you play that out, but you could essentially have a standoff there where they think that she has the key or something. And then that all happens. And then literally the next step, like we've already done her comatose. Mm-hmm. I feel relief about Dawn. Like all of that thematically is important, mm-hmm. but the episode at, before this sucks. Yeah. It's like opposite of what we did last year where we did Primeval, the big episode, and then slow, restless. Mm-hmm. We did the opposite here. You know, just because I think that, again, I think you're right. We already did this. So I applaud them for wanting to do different things and not doing the same beats. But, ah, man, maybe two episodes. We needed two. Maybe Spiral as 21 and Way to the World as 20 and just yeah. switch it around. That would have been good. I like yeah. the idea of Buffy not doing the comatose things. Even though I'm such a fan of the the dreamlike type of situation, I think that, that you're right. If there was a, a combination of the Knights of Byzantium, all that stuff happening at once without her going comatose, we still have that conversation, right? Like when we have our pre-battle friend episode or hour or whatever, yeah, yeah. we can do, she could just be confiding in Xander or, totally. or the group and just being like, I did this. I felt I, I, relief I, from this. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to do that slow whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that just reminded me of another quick kind of question thing. Um, because I mentioned it in The Way to the World that when Buffy started talking about I felt relief, I thought she was talking about killing herself in the first place. Do you think mm-hmm. when she's going through that kind of – we see it as a montage of all the moments leading up to this and her kind of realizing, oh, this is what it means. My gift is my life. My gift is my sacrifice. To, that, that's what she was talking about. Do you think that that came into her mind as well? Like, it can be done. It can be over. Like, this is serves two purposes. Yes, I'm doing this heroic thing. I'm sacrificing myself. Like, she's probably not thinking of that in that way, but she's like, I also have a little bit of selfish... I, I get a little bit out of this. I mean, in a macabre way, I get to be done, you know? Yeah, that's what I said earlier, too, about the relief. I think the relief in the end wasn't really about Dawn. It was about her as well. And Giles. I mean, I, I do think that she thought about that at that yeah. moment. It was like, that dream was portentous and really it was going to cut one way or the other. It was relief for me because she's gone or it's relief for them because I'm gone. It's yeah. one of the two. And I think for her, she, she chose that one. So, yeah. Oh, Daniel, do you have anything else to yell? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the final one is the St. Saint Crispin's Yay! Day speech. Sorry. After we talked Whoa. about it, you were like, did, or did you ask Station to research anything? And then when I rewatched the episode, I was like, damn, that would be the only thing I would have her do. So, yeah. Uh, this is this is going to be over, underwhelming, I think. But um, <laughs> October twenty fifth is Saint Crispin's Day. Did you guys know that? Absolutely. This not. is a feast day for Christian saints by the names of Crispin and Crispinian. 
Okay. Christian martyrs that were martyred in the year 286 AD. So this would be Roman world, that kind of stuff. Anyways, this is not famous because of that. I mean, Christians love it. Obviously, they love a good martyr. But this is actually famous because the Battle of Avoncourt uh, in 1415, uh, part of the Hundred Years' War, takes place on this day. And why it's famous is because our boy, Ju- Julius, our boy, William Shakespeare, wrote <laughs> a play called Henry V, where he gives a speech in this, the St. Crispin's Day speech. Right. Uh, which is what Spike and Giles are referencing. In the speech, well, before we get to the speech, the Battle of, of Avoncourt is crazy because uh, the English won that part of the war. The French, in the end, win the Hundred Years' War. But the English were, like, ascended at this point. They ended up capturing more French prisoners than the entire English army had. So they decided instead of holding them all, they would just kill them all. Oh, so they nice. just murdered everyone. So that was pretty cool. And then uh, the, the tides turned. This was 1415 was the Battle of Avoncourt. And um, Joan of Arc shows up oh, in 1428. So a couple of years later, she sort of revives the French spirit. She's burned at the stake at 14 in 1431. And then from there, the English are pretty much fucked. I mean, they just lose battle after battle. 20 years later... There's a battle that ends the war, essentially, in 1453, and by end the war, I mean 20 more years of random skirmishes, and then finally we get a treaty in 1475 to end the Hundred Years' War. So even when this was happening in 1415, we still had another two generations Damn. until the end of this fucking war. But Shakespeare was writing this, obviously, in the 16, you know, 1600s. Uh, Henry V, Act IV, this is, a, this is a speech which is made famous by uh, Laurence Olivier, who did this on the air during World War II and apparently inspired wow. Churchill some of his speeches um, by just his reading of it. So they later made a movie with him doing it, and it's pretty incredible. I watched it today on YouTube, and it's fantastic. Tomorrow is St. Crispian. Then will he strip his sleeve and show his scars and say, These wounds I had on Crispin's day. Old men forget. Yet all shall be forgot, but he'll remember with advantages what feats he did that day. Then shall our names, familiar in his mouth as household words, Harry the King, Bedford and Exeter, Warwick and Talbot, Salisbury and Gloucester, be in their flowing cups freshly remembered. This story shall the good man teach his son, and Crispin Crispian shall ne'er go by from this day to the ending of the world but we in it shall be remembered anyways the part that's referenced in this show is uh this from henry v quote this story shall be good man teach his son that crispin crispian shall never go by from this day to the ending of the world but we in it shall be remembered we few we happy few we band of brothers for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother and hence we get Giles saying, we few, we the happy few. Spike, we the band of buggered instead right. of brothers. Now, I thought immediately when I heard Band of Brothers, I was like, is this from the HBO Band of Brothers? Sure enough, Band of Brothers is named after this speech. Oh, and I was like, oh, Joss Whedon fucking stole this. Turns out it this did not premiere until September of 2001. So... Joss Whedon. And so I was like, what's in the water here? Why is Band of Brothers, one of the biggest <laughs> shows at that time, doing this speech and Joss Whedon doing it? I have no idea. Hmm. I still don't know what happened where everybody's like, we need to talk about Henry V really quick. This and just get this out of the way. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. we had a big moment in, in World War II. Like, 44 was when the Laurence Olivier 
Henry V came out. Apparently, it was a huge, huge sensation. And it's great. I mean, the shot, I mean, you guys can watch it in the show notes. Um, it's incredible. It's like a one-shot, one like, four-minute speech from him, This the entire speech. It's incredible. Like, hmm. I didn't know you guys were doing that in the 40s, these one-shot, beautiful stuff. But, um, yeah, Joss Whedon apparently just doing it, and then Band of Brothers comes out later. Maybe Band of Brothers stole it. Maybe Tom Hanks stole Maybe Tom Hanks was watching this. Huge Buffy fan. Huge Buffy fan. Well, not exactly the St. Crispin's Day speech, was it? We few. We happy few. We band of bugger. The last thing I have to say is uh, Spadoinkle. Yep. Spadoinkle. Yeah. That's a... We never we never said Spadoinkle, so it needed to be said. Cannibal the Musical. Spadoinkle? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a Matt... Parker traced down. Was that before this? It was right before it. Oh wow! Yeah. So that's what that's from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So unfortunately, one reference didn't pay off, and then that reference did. Great. I didn't realize <laughs> it. It's too bad. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble. Yeah, that's too bad. Okay. Well, it is time for our people who are listening to know that you can find us everywhere at BB Pod. <laughs> that's Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. Uh, we also have a website. That Daniel just mentioned show notes. Hey, where could you find those if you wanted to look at that? I really want to see that speech. Is that about what the King's Speech movie is about? We'll never know, but at least you can watch that Lawrence Olivier thing. That's at beatmepod.wordpress.com. Uh, we also have a playlist that will be on Spotify called Beat Me Hyphen Fun Time Playlist for Podcast Fans Season 5. And that will contain all music in the show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's available on Spotify, as well as any music we play in these here podcast episodes. So check that out if you want to check that out. But most importantly, it's the final watch update time for season five. <sighs> Daniel, please update. Incredible. We'll do it fast. Uh, Xander construction outfit watch. No, but Spike calls him a glorified bricklayer. And that boy, can he can work a wrecking ball. we got to <laughs> give him the credit. You lost your hammer, sweet cheeks. <laughs> what are you going to hit me with now? Whatever's handy. Maroon Jacket Watch, surprisingly, no. Didn't see it at all. It's very, very sad. Dawn's Piercing Screams, hell yeah, baby. Glory, hell glory, yeah. glory. Yes. Perfect. Incredible stuff. Yeah, love it. Chips Ahoy, yes. Doc specifically says that he can't sniff a soul on Spike. Mm. And Why do you even care? Obviously, we're setting out what's going to happen with Spike. So I love that. Great foreshadowing. Uh, obviously knew what they were doing for season six. Buffy has a personality, no, but I think we can say at the end of all of this, with Buffy being dead now, um, that, you know, the Slayer stunted that element of her life. You know, she didn't really get to have any of that stuff. And I think that also contributed to her willingness of letting it all go. You know, what is all this? Uh, De Hoffman watch LOL. Um, <laughs> an entire year of nothing. Uh <laughs> Uh, Tara and Willow are on the pot again. Not applicable, of course, but I have to say that we're getting some shades of Tara. I know it's a little early, but when she laughs at the happy, the little hoppy toad, I was feeling like that's something she she was tapping into something right there. Um, but then it was negated immediately when she says, I got so lost. And then Willow says, I found you and you want to die. Uh, Michael Wicca, Amy Gothwatch, No. And actually, did anyone else do magic in this entire fucking show? Because Willow is the only one that like pulled off any magic, right? Yeah. I mean, no one else did anything this episode. Nope. Right? Nothing. Nothing Mm-mm. at all. Okay. Then I... So no, that's a no. Books a million. Yeah, there were people reading books. I didn't see any names, but people be reading. Um, <laughs> streets ahead. 
Yes, and technically last week it sort of counts. I mean, we were talking about this oil derrick, you know, this mm. fucking tower being built in Sunnydale. What are codes? What are building codes? I mean, what are anything at this point? We also see an atomic bomb go off to the east, I assume, because it's not over the water, but maybe it is over the water. I don't know. <laughs> we're going to say east, right? Because it's in the mountains. I don't know. So, yeah, we are seeing other places on the map. But as of streets ahead, no, we don't have any streets. Giles' biggest KO, uh, he doubles down on Dawn's death and the crew's doom. So that's pretty pretty bad look for him. Also, he kills Ben. So <laughs> not great. <laughs> but those are your watches. So I don't know what watches we need to do for season six. Oh, yeah. But we'll definitely talk about that when we get there next year. Yep. Luckily, we have some time because for sure. somebody we might not have thought about that at all. Uh, it's funny that you say atomic bomb because it does kind of look like that. But I think it is just a sunrise. I think nah, it's the sun. With much pollution. <laughs> I think that's just the yeah. L.A. sunrise. <laughs> I mean, it fucking like blew up. I mean, obviously, we get that like absolutely fucking iconic shot of uh, of them. Uh, I mean, that that I mean, it's one of the most the coolest shots of the whole show. Is this is fucking Buffy and and mm-hmm. and Dawn? Like, and we only get that. There was a darker one right before that because okay, the sun was coming up. I thought it was a fucking atomic That's bomb. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't wow. know. I guess when she killed herself, it just sort of like zooped back up, right? Like everything. I it, like the dragon. I just assumed that the dragon like zoop. Just so, juked back. That's a great question. Um, the answer is no, I believe. I think there is Fuck. a throwaway line uh, about them having to deal with some of that mm-hmm. over like the, the summer. Like the 10 seconds of all of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those alien things, those white-headed alien things oh, are know, fucking awesome. Like, I really wish we got to see those more. And then, obviously, the dragon. But the dragon went due north immediately straight to L.A., so that one is an easy <laughs> easy get rid of. Um, but, yeah, no, as, as far as I know, every it, it did stop. So things stopped happening. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what was done was done. So anything demons that were around, they had to deal with. You know, Sans yep. Buffy. Uh, but at least they had the Buffy bot, I guess. I wish there was another way. And I wish you'd fall on your head and drown in your own barf. So I guess we're both disappointed. Oh, man. For the final time this season, it is time to rank this sucker. Now, I'm going to need no comments. <laughs> oh, oh my god are we doing it we're doing it I'm just kidding. five years in it's we're happening. finally doing it's it fucking happening. let's go let's fucking go well we're actually talking about the net slash something wicked this way it comes absolutely it's the fucking 10 she's with me oh my god excellent badass moment for the witch bitch the witch bitch that's I mean, right it's so good and tara smacking oh, willow yeah, that's crazy that was... sorry that's no, out no, of here get... but whoa that was really powerful. I mean, there's it, oh, they're so, so cute, so amazing. I mean, I really hope it works out for those kids. Uh, Me too. Giles, level of Giles. The man was not wearing his glasses for most <laughs> of the episode until it was time for murder. And then he got to yes. put those spectacles on to see exactly as the last moment of light leaves Ben's eyes. <laughs> you want to see that in perfect clarity. Uh, ten, yeah, ten all the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no doubt. Iconic. Uh, Monster of the Week. Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, Peak Glory, this, the, the banter Glory. between her and Dawn, just fantastic. Um, I, I, it's interesting, what we were talking about earlier, how fast it felt. Glory didn't even make it through the whole episode. She wasn't the very last mm-hmm. thing, right? Killing her wasn't even it. It wasn't about her. Was it's about one, Dawn. Yeah. You know, it's about, mm-hmm. yeah, it's so... I put Doc in there as well as the bad guy. Yes, why was he there? How was he there? We don't need to answer these questions. We just need to know that Joel Gray is a great actor and a creep. Awesome. And Shallow Cuts. That's a shallow 10. Shallow Cuts. That's a 10. Shallow Cuts. <laughs> Relationship goodness or badness. Everyone, despite the, like, 
really high stakes. And I mean, we've done this in graduation day part one as well. We you know like we have Willow and, and uh, Oz like hooking up and everybody's like coming together, you know, no pun intended. Uh, so oh. we, <laughs> obviously Xander and Anya are having a good time at aforementioned. Uh, oh. We have Willow and Tara back together again. Tara is a person again. Thank God. Amazing. <laughs> you just got to keep talking so people forget. Uh, everybody is. No Buffy makes the ultimate sacrifice <laughs> for all of her friends. Even like it, it's just it's really fucked up in, in the context. But I think this is great. Everybody's having strong, strong relationship moments. So, hey, guess what? That's a 10. I know it's a shock. Okay. Dawn needs an adult. Also a 10. <laughs> Because she does not need an adult. Dawn is so grown up. She's doing such the right thing that she's willing to kill herself to save the fucking world. And if that's not a level of maturity and just, like, empathy and awareness, like, that's incredible. And she really does carry, I feel like, that that little bit of, not so much season six, but get some dips because she's doing all the stealing and she's acting out because she's lonely or what all that stuff. That's why this category was created. It was really for season six because goddamn Dawn needs an adult. (laughs) But she'll bring it back around in season seven. We'll get back to peak Dawn here. Don't worry. A plus, A plus Trachtenberg. I mean, oh, just, fantastic! Just yeah, anybody who's gonna is gonna like dunk on this season at all because of her. You're fucking out of control. Yeah. Like she is so good, so good. Oh yeah, and she did great in this episode too. Pause Amazing. In the rankings for comments. I rescind my my previous ban on comments. Were you a, a when you watched Stacia when you watched this the first time around? Mm-hmm. Um, did you hate Dawn? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Oh, yeah. I always did. Until I watched it with Daniel in 2013, I absolutely hated it. It was Daniel. I don't know if it's just because he has a little sister or what, but he didn't hate Dawn immediately. uh, And that really, like, brought me around to her. And now, yeah, you're right, man. Like, she's essential and fantastic. Trachtenberg is great. I mean, she makes that scene. We we have no, when it's just her and Buffy talking, right, and we only have the music because we're panning out to everything else. Yeah. Her breaking down as like she even that realization, the moment that you have her here on the screen where she's like, oh, my God, you're going to kill yourself. Because before Buffy even starts talking, mm-hmm. she knows what's gonna, about to happen. Like to convey all that on your little face. Excellent. How to get how do you get your eyes so moist? That's what I want to know. <laughs> how do you do that? The pre-crying is always like so impressive. So 10, obviously, obviously. Episode specific. Again, I said so many quotes in this episode. You could do the whole last little monologue from Buffy, but I feel like that's pretty obvious. And there's just like, but there's so many choice things to pick. So I just had to go with something very easy, which is Buffy's epitaph. Epitaph. Uh, you know, Buffy Ann Summers, beloved sister, devoted friend. She saved the world a lot. Ten out of ten. And hey. In case you have struggled with the math on that, that's 60, also known as a perfect score. Hot diggity dog. If that's not the best episode of the whole damn series. I'm sorry. just is. It has flaws, as you've pointed out. But I don't know. The whole package to me, it just feels it feels so good watching it. All the, the music, as I mentioned over and over again, I can't overstate. And cinematic nature of it. The, how far we've come and making a point to to show that like remember when we were just kids and we didn't have this yeah. trauma to now we're all the way on the other side of a burnt out slayer a stressed out crew and the end of the world again and I just can't take it anymore Buffy's lost everything she's about to lose the last thing that she has she even like starts to say that to Giles at some point she's like when, when he's like she, she's not your sister you're right she's more than that she's the last the last thing I have my mom's gone everything's fucking gone the world is shit, man. I can't lose her too. So it's just, I love it. It's huge. And it's the best. It's just the best. It is. And even her saying it's physical. I mean, I like her even acknowledging, like it doesn't matter. It's, it's me. 
It's mm-hmm. me. You can't convince me that mm-hmm. it's not my sister. I fucking love that shit. Yeah. Stacia, where did you put this one? Um, I struggled with where to, I wanted to rank this one. Me too. Uh, because I, I, it's hard because so much of the episode I think is, I don't even know how to put my thoughts into words about it. I don't think it's the best, most perfect 60-point episode. Um, I do feel like I don't want to rank it too low because it is a serious finale and Buffy dies and, you know, that really just, you know, is like the stone in the lake that creates the ripples for the next two seasons. It's Thank like, you for queuing up the anointed plunk sound for him. Yep. Bloop. <laughs> you, you know, it, it, it is. <laughs> Call back. It, like, well, I mean, yeah, it, it's the foundation for what the next two seasons are built on. Um, and there's some really good stuff in it. That being said, overall, I feel like a lot of this episode is maybe like not the most um, memorable. I don't even know if memorable is the right word, but... Uh, for someone who constantly brings up the fact that Buffy died the first time around, you're trying to say that the ep- another episode she dies is not memorable? How dare you? I mean, obviously everyone remembers that she died. That's the part that everyone remembers. Except for when we forget that she died the other time. True. Yeah. We, we did for <laughs> years. Okay. Someone's getting a little personally invested. Ooh. I'm just trying to explain my reasoning. I do like this episode. I... I... Do not feel at the end of it, and maybe it's just because I've seen it so many times and I know Buffy doesn't actually die, but I don't leave it emotionally wrecked like I wish I was. <laughs> Even when Spike is, like, melting and crying, that's that was a tough moment for me. I mean, yeah, that's a tough moment, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in it. I'm not, I'm not fully in it. And so I, I struggled because partially some of the early season episodes are, like, slightly too high. I wish I could push them down, but... I'm going to do that by putting this slightly higher than I would have otherwise. Um, okay. So this is 13 out of 100. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, okay. I was worried it wasn't going to crack the top 20 the way that you were talking, so oh. hell yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, so what's it above and below? What's what, Where are we at? So it is below Hush, and it's below above Hush, okay. Angel. So this is like, this is the thing. Mm. There's Angel, Halloween, and then Band Canyon. I think right, Angel and Halloween right. are like way too highly ranked now, sure. but I can't do anything about it. <laughs> way too high. Sorry, Halloween is yeah. top. Is that like a number 10? <laughs> no, it's 15. Oh, no, it's 15. Oh, yeah, oh, it's oh, below sorry. it. It's, it's, below. Gotcha. it's, Hush it's is below the gift. It, yeah. Hush, yeah. Hush is above the gift. Um, Same with me. So like yeah. those I wish I could bump down, but I can't. But then like below those are some other ones that are maybe better episodes than the gift. Like um, Beer Bad? <laughs> definitely Beer Bad. Uh, <laughs> but like I really like Bad Girls, Lover's Walk, Four for Love. Um, I was made to love you, which I did not give enough to you. Anyways, yeah, 13, 13 out of 100 is where that pillar made it. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to echo. I'm going to echo that a little bit. Like, the ending is off the chains. I really like it. But, yeah, I mean, with Prophecy Girl as a direct aside, I did, like I said before, don't feel the same way between the two. But we've grown a little bit. Things are mm-hmm. less melodramatic even, maybe. Like, things are more realistic. So we're growing up with the show, all that kind of stuff. But it was still very emotional. And I'm with you. Spike breaking down. That was all good. All of that stuff was awesome. And I really wanted this episode to sort of, like, clarify me one way or the other of what I was going to do. Because I had this ready for number three, number four, a nice cozy top five. <gasps> it's not going to be top five. 
because it is it's not that it's just not that good. But I'm I'm going the same way with you where I'm like benefit of the doubt is that this is so important of an episode mm-hmm. and I had a great time watching it. Like and I had a great time watching season 5. These episodes even if they're ranked 100, they're still good. Like they're still fun. Like our friends are still hanging out, things are still okay. But this one I was contending with, I can't contend with Restless number 1, which I know is not across the board here. Uh, but the body being very high, mm-hmm. we've all put the body very high. Um, I can't contend with that. But the next one that I have on here is Hush at number seven. And I was like, is this better than Hush? And I'm like, you no. And now we do not agree with this one, but I have mm-hmm. the Zeppo as number eight. And I was like, well, I can't put it at number eight because it's already taken. So number nine, I'm going to put it underneath Dang. the Zeppo this time around, even though I know that this was number three mm-hmm. or number four in my last, to, uh, my first ranking of the whole show. I poisoned your mind. What? The first time around. Oh. No, well, I just, I, no, I just think, yeah, well, I think with this one in particular, what I was thinking about when I was thinking why is it lower is that Hush and the Zeppo, like it or not, they at least are like one mm-hmm. idea to perfection. And I, you could say the same with the body and even Restless. I mean, Restless is kind of crazy, but it is like, here is what we're doing and we fucking do it. This episode mm-hmm. is four episodes and, you know, there's just, it's kind of all over the place and it takes... You just need so much else. And that doesn't mean that those are bad episodes, right? You Just because you need more context to make it good. That obviously, like, once more with feeling is fun, but it, it is better because you have all the context. And this is one of those two. More context, great stuff. Love it. I think that I would be um, an idiot to take this even lower than it is. Like, Forever is number 15. I think it's better than Forever. So I can't put it much lower. And I want it to be a top 10 because I think it's really, 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 really good. So... Number nine for this. Now, I don't know what's going to sneak up above Hush. I don't know what's going to make it. Once more with feeling, I think it's a lock for number three because I've watched that multiple times. I think that one's good to go. But, I mean, Tabula Raza, is that going to show up? Is Storyteller going to show up? Another, you know, great, like, one episode thing. Is that going to be that good? I don't know. So we'll see what happens. But I think nine is pretty good. So what do you have open in your top ten? I've got a uh, three, four, five, and six. Wow. Four slots, four Dang. slots, and I think, wow. and I think, once more is number three. So I think yeah, you could so say four, five, and six. Three yeah. other episodes that are that and number good. ten, and number Dang. ten. Someone's feeling a little salty. Well, no, I just that's tough. That's tough. Yeah, to I think with a, with a binge, stuff. with a binge, this is a number three, number four, because yeah. all of these episodes just coalesce into one big ass finale. And yeah, that's awesome. but this watching it like this is that tough. is. Something about season five is like it really, at least for me, feels like it doesn't start until Riley leaves. And then, yeah, the finale feels like from when they get in the Winnebago to now and all that together is great. But when you're just looking at this episode, it just feels like just a piece of it. Well, historians talk about the long 19th century starting from the French Revolution in 1789, ending with World War I in 1914. And they talk about the short 20th century from World War I to the fall of communism in 1991. So I feel like the our long season is our, our slog was season four. That was our long 19th century. We got our short 20th century here with, with season five because we only really had, what, 12 episodes? So... <laughs> That's it. That's all we got. So now we're back to parody. We're, we're hopefully going to have a fully fledged season that we can enjoy. I hope next year. We so. will see you. Tell Giles I figured it out and I'm okay.
and give my love to my friends. You have to take care of them now. You have to take care of each other. You have to be strong. Don, the hardest thing in this world is to live in it. Be brave. Live. For me. But before we'll we get there, let's just do a brief little mini recap of kind of our rankings. I just kind of want to know your top three, your bottom three, or at least remind everybody else, because I surely don't remember. And then if you have any big regrets uh, in the rankings, either high or low, um, I can just do mine real quick. My bottom three of the season, I think that we'll kind of have, I feel like we're going to have a similar type of list, but maybe not. All right, yeah. At number 20, Listening to Fear. Do I remember what episode of that is? Not really. I think of that's the Queller Demon one. Yes. Excellent. 21, Shadow. Again, that's when Joyce finds out that she has the brain situation, but yeah. what else happens in that episode? Riley takes Dawn to a cas- ca- to a casserole. To the carousel. And says, <laughs> to, the, to, the, to the casserole. They eat casserole near a carousel, and Dawn says, Riley, you're not as good as Angel in so many words. Yeah. And then finally, the worst of the season. Yes. Into the Woods, number 22, with only 25 points. 25 mm, out of 60. Nice, nice. Yeah. Mm. And that's the one that Riley leaves. Wow, that's tough. Stacia, what about you? What are your bottom three? Uh, My bottom three are right in a row. 88, 89, and 90 out of 100. The Replacement, Tough Love, and Into the Woods. (laughs) Damn Tough Love. Damn. Damn. So I guess I I should just clarify since Kelly already did which episodes those are. The Replacement is the one where Xander gets hit with a tossed stick in the dumpster not the city dump (laughs) and he turns into two xanders and they have to merge him back together and anya makes a bunch of weird sex jokes about the two xanders uh terrible and then (laughs) tough love is one we just recently watched where tara gets her brain sucked by glory after she has a big fight with willow Mm -hmm. and then into the woods riley leaves riley leaves i was way more kind to into the woods it's not in my bottom three (laughs) so my second or my third to, to, to the bottom is way to the world uh, at number 120 <laughs> out of 137. All these are out of 137. Uh, and number 121 is out of my mind. And number 123 was listening to fear. So mm-hmm. we shared one, Kelly, with listening to fear. But Damn. yeah, we all had kind of a little different. Yeah. I mean, I replacement I had way higher than yours. Yeah, so. I bet. <laughs> Let's go to the top. Ooh. Number three for the season. Full for love. 50 points. Okay. Easy. Easy. We all know which one that is. Spike gives Spike the lowdown on how to kill a slayer. Mm-hmm. Number two, the body, 52 points, obviously. Easy, the body. And hmm. number one, this one. This one we just talked about. Also easy, 60 points. I'm surprised. 52 to 60? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't even have to go 60 to get at the first, Tough. and she still did. Stuff. I did in my heart. Because I needed to not 53. be the best of the season. I needed to be the best of the show. That's true. You see? The best you of the show. You need it. I thought this was science. You need this to be that? What, what was that statement? Some laws of silence can be unbroken. What was that statement? I don't really understand. <laughs> Stacia, your top three, please. Oh, uh, my top three. So the third highest of the season at number 18 is Fool for Love. Same. And then my second highest of the season at 13 is The Gift. And then my highest of the season is number two, The Body. 
Two overall. Wow. Two overall. So Prophecy Girl and then the body. Yeah. My notes say Buffy dies, Joyce dies. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you so need. Good. That's all I need. And your gift yeah. your gift notes will be Buffy dies again, comma again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean your your top two is is solid. I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to hard to fight. Yeah. Now I that feel I know good what about I know, it. which is watching the episode again. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you've never seen it before. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, top three. Very, of the very similar. Number three, number 15, is Forever. Number two, which is number nine, is The Gift, which we just talked about. And number two, overall, out of 137, is The Body. Uh, yep. One of the best episodes of TV, period. So, incredible stuff. Well, I know we just talked about my bad science. Even though that's not true, my science is infallible. Sure. But sometimes people do make mistakes, and we have regrets. Never forget school hard, the eternal. The eternal. eternal I mean, for uh, dark age. Dark age. <laughs> no, the actual that turned into regret. a useful barometer and a shtick. That is great. That was a net positive. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. I think it's that one, and it's. Uh, I was made to love you. Right? Wait, do you mean? Uh, oh no, not I was made to love I you. I only have eyes for you. I only have eyes for you. I was made. It's yeah, yeah. this one. Yeah. Yeah, I only advise for you are the ones that we mm-hmm. always talk about that in school hard. Yeah. I mean, are the ones school hard too high? Um, and what was it? Uh, I only advise for you. you. Way too low. Too low. Yeah. Way too low. Yeah. But what about this season? Yeah. Big regrets. I will tell you mine. Yes. Real me. Real me ended up being number thirteen, and in retrospect, mm. what a great episode! I think that I was coming off the high of Buffy versus Dracula, which, by the way, was number four for the season for me. So right underneath my top. We three. don't need to talk about it. That's fine. Uh, I, I'm surprised because like maybe i thought the rest i think well i'm not surprised i thought the rest of the season was going to be a rocket ship to the moon man there was going to be no low points (laughs) this is where it's all uphill after season four don't worry it's going to be fantastic uh and then trash downhill is easier so downhill is better i don't know anyway but yeah so i think that change approved (laughs) that's a cougar town reference for you enjoy (laughs) that um so yeah i think that real me i did dirty by putting it all the way down to 13 when there's a lot of other stuff just looking quickly at the list of the episodes that could have could have really really been better steam gone stacia where's your do you have regrets Uh, specifically for season five yeah for season five uh and not just my rankings in general (laughs) (laughs) i mean we know your feelings about okay okay i think i think that this is gonna surprise you kelly because i do have one regret oh no what? <laughs> what is it? What, what are you afraid of? You said surprise you and then... Yeah. What? Because I dunked on this the whole season. Oh. Uh, and I think I should have ranked it higher. Looking oh. back, I think I enjoyed it more than I gave it credit for at the time, which was uh, Buffy versus Dracula. Yeah! Mm, wow. You're right. See, yeah. I thought it was going to be a bad thing. No. It was an excellent thing. I think I should have ranked it higher. Yeah. I agree. It's the last time we had fun, guys. I mean, no, that was like my literal thought when I was looking at the episodes. I was like, "Do you remember when Buffy was just like in love with Dracula? That whole weird thing that happened." So good, so good. (laughs) It's not really the last time we had fun. Triangle was pretty fun. Yeah, but like it was the last time. Dracula, unadulterated fun, especially after, like, what a nice salve to season four mm. bullshit. It's like, fun, all our friends are together, we're having fun, look, there's a beach and a castle. Yes. I oh, agree. yeah, totally. Yeah. That's right. I I mean, that's how we opened the season, right? On a fucking yep. beach, yep. hanging out, right? Playing football. Playing football with Riley. <laughs> I mean, God. With Riley, who's in the show. <laughs> we'll the long 19th century is over. Um, that's right. yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I kind of went through a whole thing because you asked me and I was like, oh, yeah. 
I, you know, I lots of feelings like real me was another one. I put it at number 65. Could it be higher? Like thematically, it all really worked out well. And that episode, I think, is going to shine more brightly. And I think maybe 65 is too low for that um, replacement. I put it at 67. I think it could be higher. I know I love that episode from the past, but, you know, whatever. Triangle, Dr- Buffy versus Dracula, they're in the 40s. I think that's a out of 137. Pretty good spot for it. Uh, I was made to love you is number 35. Family is number 28. I feel like those are good too. Like I don't have a lot of regrets for this year. Fool for love. I have at number 19. So it's my number four in in the whole scheme of things. Not too bad. Uh, I would love it to be higher. I think that if they ever make a Buffy TV show and they ever dwell upon the events of this time, like we've talked about, you know, them doing a show about Nikki Woods or whatever. Yeah, if they do that, then this episode becomes way more heightened and I mm. think moves into a top tenor just by lore alone. Um, but in retrospect, you know, I don't know. Is it that? It's, it's great. I mean, 19, I think is a great. I mean, that's top 20. Oh, yeah. That's Fantastic. High, yeah. Uh, I think the only thing I could ever have a regret about really, I think, would be the gift uh, in the future. Like, I think I could mm. really regret not putting it higher than it should. Um, especially if there are resonances, because I'm shocked by how much Restless resonated throughout as well. I thought that it, they didn't do it that much, but they've Restless was an important episode. There's a lot of stuff that is referenced from from Restless, which is great. But I would say my biggest regret of all is Prophecy Girl at number 33. I think that this episode <laughs> has proven that Prophecy Girl yeah. is uh, definitely a top 20, if not a top 10. And yeah. I will regret that for a while because holy fuck is that even those couple of minutes are better than what like season four could conjure totally i mean hush is pretty Mm -hmm. good a couple of episodes do it but my god man after your first year on tv and you can do something like that that is fucking impressive real talk so i mean if you put a new coat of paint on that episode and Mm -hmm. fix the music totally that stand like that is could fit easily in tv right now today right now today and like that's incredible incredible yeah we all have Stacia, prove it right. It only took five years. Five to get years. This Kelly, you and I were back We've in. beating this drum. We were back in 2017 rolling our eyes thinking we will never talk about this show ever again. <laughs> Prophecy Girl, uh, it's nothing compared to The Gift. <laughs> and now we're like, The Gift? Uh, well, not you, me. I'm like. Uh, some people. Yes, yeah, some people. <laughs> Kelly stands forever for The Gift. Uh, uh, you're goddamn right. Goddamn yeah. right. Well, I mean. That's just more evidence that we need to revisit the first couple seasons again, Stacia. Sure. So prepare yourself for that. <laughs> prepare yourself in five years to do that. Threat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all the way till 2027. Okay, cool. 2027. <laughs> what are you doing in 2027? We'll do that. Yeah, yeah. Make your calendars. We'll make, oh, we'll make the whole shit again. We'll make the first three seasons of the show good like they yeah, are man. now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Thank you, anyone listening who stuck around. I know this is a long one, but I mean, what you got to give the best episode of the series? It's due. Hey, <laughs> sorry, out. we did that last year with Restless, so my bad. Ah, uh, and we did. That was a long one. That was a long one too. Yeah. If only we would have cared about Prophecy Girl. <laughs> <laughs> that episode's probably thirty-five minutes long, and we just like. Oh <laughs> uh, man, uh, it w- it's gonna be a while until we're back. The bargaining part one and two did not air until October, beginning October. of October. Yeah. Oh wow! Um, so we got quite a break, yeah. but um, look forward to seeing what happens in season six. How we feel about it? Because I certainly have a negative opinion, or did uh, my my whole Buffy frame of brain? That's a saying right that is has saying. been shifted due to this season yeah. so 
I really don't know what to expect, but I'm excited to watch it all again. I hope that you listening join us along. Join us along. Man, we got to go. <laughs> oh, Station, anything else to say about this episode? <laughs> uh, no, just that I'm glad we're done with season five. I'm looking forward to season six. Nice. Daniel, anything else to say? This could be your real goodbye because what? I don't have a – we'll talk about next episode because we won't have next episode. That's usually my my out is I say next episode will be this. Wait, so we're – the final thoughts are now – because I'm going to say no. I don't have any final thoughts. Daniel, do you have any final thoughts? I don't have any final thoughts about this okay. episode. Thank God. We'll see you next season. It'll still be 2021. Maybe. Who knows what will happen actually between now and then. Uh, but we will certainly see you then. Not see you. Hear you. Talk at you. Dear God. Stacia, say goodbye. Have a good summer. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, that's right. Have a good summer. Uh, Daniel, say goodbye. Nothing dark about that. I have two goodbyes. Number one is, how'd you do that? You're a pod- You're just a podcast. That's what I keep saying. And number two, if the apocalypse comes, beat me. 2017 to 2021. Beloved recapper, devouted watcher. She saved the world a lot. Or second most to a lot. Yeah! Perfect! <laughs> Thank you, bye! Ritual starts. We all die. I kill anyone who comes near that. Have a nice summer is what you write when you have nothing to say. It's the kiss of death.